Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. Before we start the show, a word from our sponsor. Lyndon, we got sponsors. Hell yeah, we do. Well, I guess we gotta thank Dash Mortgage and You First Realty. Who are those guys? They're your full service mortgage and real estate brokerage. Who is behind that? Our good friend, Dan Horgan. Dan Horgan? Yeah, he not only rips out in the water, but he's an experienced loan professional. Hmm, so what does he do? He helps out in conventional FHA, VA, refi, or jumbo loan products. So Dan has the lenders to make it happen. Yes, and he'll give you the best service in the industry. Nice, Dash Mortgage with no bogus fees or points? That's right, just give Dan five minutes of your time to hear what he can do for you. So who does all the real estate then? That would be me. What? Well, Dan has his license too, but I work under Dan. Okay. Yeah. But so, you're a real estate agent too? You know this. Oh, yeah, I remember now. I helped you get your house. Oh, you did? Yeah. All right. So if you're looking to buy, sell your home, or looking for an investment property, give me a call. So not only a Ruka rep, you're an experienced realtor? Yeah, I didn't quit my day job, London. I still, I still work for Ruka. <laughs> okay. I do real estate on the weekends. Yeah, I've been offering great incentive programs for all my friends and family to keep more equity in their pocket. I guess I'm not a friends or family because I never heard about this. <laughs> but all you on the Late Night and Chalky podcast, Saul, call our office, 714-784-5736 and mention the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Nice. Anything else we know need to know about Dash Mortgage? Um, just our California Realtor BRE number, 01993245. Okay, let's stop talking about real estate and mortgages. Let's talk about what really matters and what is that? Surf trips. And where do we like to go? Off my mind, Nicaragua. And where do we stay in Nicaragua? The one and only Mark and Dave's. Mark and Dave's. An in- exclusive, inclusive, all-inclusive... Boutique boutique hotel on the beach, waves out front, ponga drops, waves down the beach, Colorado's where I saw Late Night Lar get shactified. Oh, insane in the membrane down there. Tons of barrels, but better yet, it's not just the surf that's insane down there. It's just this compound that they have. Killer poolside, killer food top-of-the-line chefs, you name it. It's in a safe, gated community. community. Uh, they'll pick you up at the airport. They'll drop you off at the, uh, at the house. Um, there's ping-pong table. There's horseback multi- riding. There's horseback riding. Yeah. There's world-class fishing. Golfing. There's golfing. Um, the scenic. I mean, it's it's the best. You could get a massage after surfing for four hours in the morning. Yeah. So it's great for people that are traveling by themselves. It's a great place to bring your family. It's a great place to have a retreat. It's a great place to have, you know what I'm saying? 
bachelor parties. You know what I'm saying? I think we've been there for all of the above. We might have. So go to Mark and Dave's website and mention Late Night with Chalky Podcast, and you're gonna get 200 bucks off a selected uh, off selected weeks for the rest of 2019. Oh, sign me up! This is insane. Mark and Dave's. Welcome, friends, family, and all you surf rats out in this surfing world. Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Today we are honored to sit down with Hawaii royalty, uh, an incredible surfer that uh, was part of the Momentum generation. Not like Larson, but more. Way more. <laughs> way more. Uh, way more Momentum generation way than Late Night. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're sitting here with Ross motherfucking Williams. <laughs> I like that. I like the motherfucking. I might have to start <laughs> using that. Like, That's your new nickname. It's way better. It's a little more edge. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, thanks, boys. Thanks Dude. for having me. It's a privilege being with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, we're stoked that um, you're, you're in for the, the U.S. Open this week and we're able to like, you know get a couple of your hours because I know you're busy with the uh, coaching and the commentating and everything else in between. It's fun. I'm loving it. I haven't really been here, as you probably can imagine, um, Larson, like late nineties is when I last competed here, like maybe 99. Yeah. Um, and I never, um, I've been doing commentary for the last about 10 years, but I haven't uh, done this one. So I'm psyched to be here. And, yeah. you know, people get kind of hung up on the waves and all that and how crowded it is, but I'm just soaking it in cause it's, it's so different from Hawaii. It's a great event. I mean, it's, it brings a lot of young talent and that's probably what you know you don't see because you're usually dealing with the ct you know the the top tier but it's it's fun to see like the the junior and the girls are ripping ripping yeah. oh, i'm so impressed yeah it's one thing to see like i see all the qs guys when i do the um work at the triple crown yeah so i'm kind of familiar with those dudes but the junior girls the junior men they're insane yeah and, and then there's like this huge push of japanese women coming up on a qs that's yeah. really cool to see. i would not have really known that with the olympics coming they're like really feeding the pipe and i think so elevating the yeah. trying to elevate the performance a lot of talent and then even today i for the first time in my life, I commentated longboarding for Joel Tudor's duct tape wow. thing, which was kind of rad. Those guys are soulful and yeah. hanging five and cross-stepping all over the joint. It's pretty cool to see. Yeah, yeah, their personalities really show in their, their surfing, too. You know, oh, yeah. like those guys are... It's a display of style. Yeah. You know, some of those guys, man, I was kind of blown away. So Fun. we do a lot of, like, storytelling, and, and we want to hear, like, from the beginning... Um, Everybody knows Ross, the commentator and ex-pro surfer, yeah, let's and, start and John beginning. John coach, and all of that. But you know, we'll get to all that stuff. But let's start with you know how. When was the first time you started surfing? How old were you? I was seven years old. Um, I grew up. I was really fortunate. I was my family's from Ohio, which is there's not even there's Great Lakes there, but there's no ocean. <laughs> um, but that's where my family's from, um, and I was born there in Toledo, Ohio, and we wow. we moved from Toledo, Toledo, Ohio, to the North Shore, Oahu. So How lucky. Bummer. Talk about... How lucky did you get? Polar opposites. I mean, Midwest, no ocean, um, you know, to this tropical island in the middle of Pacific. It was beyond fortunate for me. What, what brought your family over there? Uh, my mom and dad are, have a little, a good amount of hippie. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about, all from the comfort of your home? 
isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. In them, mm. And they, they went to Hawaii in 1978 on vacation, and they just loved it. They were both pretty young. Um, me and my sister were already born. I was five years old. And my sister was eight. So we went and stayed with uh, grandparents and they just um, had a vacation in Hawaii for a couple weeks and they loved it. So they went home, took 12 months, said later to their family and sold their house. And we moved to Hawaii uh, one year later after their vacation. So I think it was 79, almost 1980 when we moved there. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, really fortunate. That's and cool. on the beach at, uh, you know. Property values were right so there cheap in Hawaii, back then though. probably. Oh, I think their rent was 500 bucks. So a sweet little pad on the beach and killer neighborhood and and that's how what introduced me to surfing is I grew up with the Bloomfields with the Hills House yeah um, with the Littles Clark and Brock and wow. and I just got so lucky to be introduced to those people and that was how I got like my first surfboard and learned how to surf yeah that's what's a, that's what's amazing about Hawaii the like the the community and the, and the local you know like just everybody is looking out for everybody and it's just a little small like tight-knit like group absolutely yeah it is it's like uh it's just one big happy family and especially back then in the you know late 70s and 80s and um even 90s the north shore was pretty chill and really i remember the first time first few years you went there laura it was like um it was still a sort of a neighborhood and you know now it's pretty crowded and busy and really popular with with um like your waikiki tourists yeah so that's the change that north shore has gone through in the last five years but yeah i mean we've seen a huge change in huntington everywhere tourism right is it tourism Tourism Tourism. that's the problem with the north shore tourism and really the allure of living in southern california and living by the beach Mm. i mean you look i mean last time you were here did you see all those hotels no and crazy. all the homes that we yeah. drove through like it's gnarly everything's yeah. like, big and fancy yeah, yeah. It looks expensive it's, it's blown up in yeah. the last you know 15 years it's been right. crazy and <clears throat> i've been you know i haven't gone to north shore in a long time but you know i follow people on instagram or, or see videos and stuff and it's it looks like a, a nightmare yeah <laughs> on yeah. the north shore uh-huh. oh well we certain times of year i mean yeah. People say that when we live here with, you know, we have a huge 4th of July, like, parade and event, and they do all kinds of, you know, different spectator events here, but, you know, three months out of the year, it's just, you want to avoid yeah. all downtown, yeah. you know, and then the people, people, people are like, how do you, how do you deal with that? And I'm like, we just avoid it, like, because right. we know how, and then yeah. the other nine and a half months, nine months is incredible, chill, right. chill. Yeah, yeah, go so, park on Main Street anytime right. I want, there's spots all over the place. Right. Now, so, so you started at seven, yeah. Uh, 
do you remember your first surfboard or how you got I do uh, my first who got, who got you on a board uh, his name is Joey Pabsek. Um, he owns the uh, famous shark tour um, company on the North Shore they, you know, they take people out and, and go check out sharks I just did that Oh, did you? Yeah, our last trip. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, exciting. The kids. Yeah. Duke, our four-year-old did it. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah. Did you guys do the one where you go sit in a cage? We or? did the cage, of yeah. course. Yeah. But there, I heard the other one, my daughter wanted to do the other one. There was no cage and my mom or my wife's like, uh, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't want to run across a grumpy shark that day. So that's cool. So he gave you the first surfboard or he introduced you to come down and he, he gave me, he actually took me out on his longboard and kind of taught me how to stand up. Um, and then from there I started just, um, standing up on my boogie board cause I just had one. Um, and then I finally bought my, my dad bought a surfboard of his, that was his daughter's board. And it was a Dick Rozo who's, um, uh, He's a surfer, shaper from Florida, but he moved to the North Shore years ago, like in the 70s. And that was my first surfboard. Then I bought one from Kolohe Bloomfield, who was like my favorite surfer back then. Yeah. Um, and that was a Ken Bradshaw single fin. So that's how long ago we're talking about. Oh, this. I, I mean, I don't want to <laughs> date, date, date yourself or myself, but yeah, my first board was a twin fin. So, right. Yeah, I'm old. Yeah. But that, that was what got me going. Yeah. Nice. Awesome little wave, just a little reform. And just kind of taught me. Did your sister surf or dad surf or. My dad likes to body surf. He's been a body surfer for a long time. But yeah, no one, no one surfed in my family. Yeah. yeah. How was like the youth, like, vibe there with you know surfing? Like, was there a bunch of kids doing it back then? Because I mean, now is a whole another level of right. You know, did you seriousness? You're you're a Howley, right? <laughs> yeah. How was it like for you? You know, moving over there. Like um, there was other Howleys, obviously, but. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, it's fine. It, it was, uh, you, you have stories like, uh, of course, you know, growing up, uh, as a Holly boy, uh, in, in Hawaii is, can be challenging and you're yeah. going to, you're going to run into the odd, uh, grumpy moke that's going to put you in check. And I definitely have my fair share of stories, but in general, I had respect from my, my friends and stuff because I was a surfer boy and I grew up surfing with everyone and I, I was there young enough to yeah. where I grew up kind of local yeah and just became part of the crew yeah. um but i have you know I, my fair share especially in elementary when i was just this bright blonde headed surf rat holly boy that yeah. you know um, there's a time i mean you get checked a little bit yeah but nothing crazy i don't have any like nightmare stories or whatever yeah. i got beat up or nothing like that but a couple little scraps in the schoolyard <laughs> like elementary and yeah. stuff like that and um, but to this day, there's definitely racism in Hawaii, but it's kind of reverse, you know. In Hawaii, if you're white, you're you're the enemy, and it's your fault, and you know. So there's racism in Hawaii, but yeah, yeah it's a uh, it's not. Too it's kind of everywhere. But... Ours so racist yeah. to me still. <laughs> yeah, and we're best friends, yeah. right? <laughs> well, here's the funny thing, and we shouldn't get too deep into this because it's just a nightmare subject. But yeah. it's a, everyone is. Yeah, Asians are racist. Black people are racist. White people are obviously racist. Like it, it everyone is. So it's almost neutralizes. But, but you know what's yeah. funny? If you're a surfer, that's probably takes away a little bit of racism, don't you think? I think so. Yeah, yeah. it helps me for sure. Yeah, it just I think strips everything away. If I know somebody's a surfer and they're cool, yeah. then they're cool. Yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and that's I think how everybody approaches it. Like I mean, there's obviously people <clears throat> that are jaded and have wrong views but anyways well here's the thing 
and this is bigger than that, but like in Hawaii, it's small, right? So yeah. it, if you grow up in a neighborhood, you know, and you're someone who uh, is a cocky person and yeah. you're puffing up, you're going to get put in check really fast. Yeah, for sure. Despite what you think about anything, let alone race. So um, it's that's the beauty of Hawaii. It's yeah. a small place, yeah. so it puts everyone in check. You know, you, you're living People, with your neighbors, whether they're rich I, poor I almost or whatever. wish we could do that mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah, you know, have that like <clears throat> governing body of people to keep people in check. Well, you're gonna say this. You're gonna see the same people a lot. You know, what yeah. I mean? so you can't afford to just act yeah. like an idiot. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's respect and and, and and you know knowing your place and yeah, like you said, like cocky people, whether yeah. you're a surfer or not, are the ones that you know usually the loud mouths that usually you know say it's the wrong thing and, and get beat up. It's like yeah. that's just normal. So if you're cool, Ross is cool. I'm sure, you didn't have a problem. <laughs> Yeah. Um, when did you like, I mean, when did you find out that, that like, was it right when you started surfing at seven that you're like, this is, this is it. Like I'm yeah. hooked I'm doing this every day for sure. Yeah. That was strong. That hook. Um, you guys know how it is. I, yeah. I, I was body surfing with my dad a lot. I think that was my first kind of connection with the ocean, just going yeah. to the beach with my dad, um, before I even knew how to stand up on a surfboard. And I think even my first vision of a barrel was body surfing at Waimea Shore Break on a small day. And I still remember it to this day. I was looking at the church. So I was just like in a little cylinder looking at the, famous, you know, the famous church tower yeah. you know, at Waimea and just going, holy smokes. And just being entranced. And, and you know, then it evolves into like you're trying to learn how to surf and balance on your board. And um, I was completely sucked in from age seven. Where, yeah. where, where did you guys live on the North Shore? We live near Laniakea, so okay. um, just like kind of on the Hollywood side of North Shore. Yep, yep, yeah. Because that makes a big difference too, right? Like, kind of acceptance and growing up and for North Shore. Yeah. Um, kinda, yeah. but the you know there there is kind of like the, there's the cutoff line is Waimea Bay, and that's called upsides. From Waimea up to Sunset is called upsides, and then there's downsides, which is obviously the other side, and that's like a little more local, a little more chill. Uh, more secret spots and like you know Haleiwa and all that, little, and also a little more family orientated. Whereas Upsides is a little more fancy and a little more holified and yeah. like more rentals and stuff yeah. like that. But it's yeah. also really pretty. And um, but uh, there's always been a little bit of a divide there. But uh, um, yeah, luckily I grew up on the Haleiwa side, so um, like my, that's where I went to school and my kids go to school there, and yes. uh, I have a good connection with that. Yeah, it's trippy. Like we, I've never really talked to somebody about life on the North Shore. Really, yeah. You know, I find it interesting because you're on an island. Yeah. You yeah. know, and your life is so different from what what we, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we do. I, I mean, I would go over there and rent places. Pretty much. Well, I'd slept, I slept on a lot of people's floors for yeah. the first five <laughs> where you, where you, where five years. I I would stay with um, Poncho and Love. Your first couple years. Yeah. Because after a while, you and Benji would stay at yeah, a rental house or something. Yeah, me, Benji, Rizal, and, yeah. and or June Joe, we, like, we pretty much I remember rent, those days. We, we yeah. rent um, houses uh, kind of pretty much from October through March right. and, you know, come and go as please and have a, at least a home court. But, um, yeah, I mean, being just over there, I mean, it was special, like, yeah. regardless, you know. I was just, you guys are freaking lucky, man. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, that's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's where I, I want to... It's a, it's a home away from home for me, you know, just because I have so many fond memories. Obviously, the surf, but just I grew up there. So I went there 
I didn't grow up there, but I went there as a family on trips. We did a couple of, you know, Waikiki trips, and mm. we did a couple of like, I think it was like late winter, early spring, like spring break. We went over and stayed at Turtle Bay and did the whole North Shore. And this is when I was like, I think the first year my dad told me I brought a boogie board over, you right. know, so I was like 10 or 11 or something right. like that. And then, you know, brought surfboards the next time. And I was just like, you know, you always hear about it and read about it and watch the surf movies in the magazines. Yeah. And then, you know, a few years later being able to come over there was insane. And now so, coming over there yeah. a lot more. And so now, you, yeah. now you're a property owner. Right? I know. Yeah. Now, now I'm coming over as much <laughs> as I can. Baron, <laughs> which is awesome. It yeah, gives you so, an excuse to come yeah, over. Like, yeah. we got to go paint the walls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I saw yeah. your wife at Home Depot. I know. It was cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, what <are> you... <laughs> I think she said you were surfing. Oh, so fun. <laughs> so then you started surfing contests or? Yeah. Um, so um, my introduction to surf competition was through Maddie Liu. Maddie Liu. Who Lar knows. And um, I was in third grade. Uh, I'll never forget it. And I was just kind of um, just hanging out by myself. I was a total introvert from day one. And um, Maddie came up. And if you guys know Maddie, he's super bubbly and yeah, yeah, total extrovert. You know, and he's like, "Hey, bro, what's going on?" And he kind of spotted me as a surf rat because he probably just saw my hair. And um, and he kind of <laughs> took me under his wing and he took me to my first contest when I was about eleven years old. And we nice. went. It was at Queens. And, um, Queens is a so you guys South Shore South Waikiki. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Yeah. Right in Waikiki. And um, I don't remember doing very well, but I just remember, whoa, this is cool. Like the community felt rad. And um, and then I went to uh, the next weekend, I was served my second contest um, at Sandy Beach and I won. What? Wow. I was, you know, but I wasn't that young. I was like 11, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's still pretty damn young. 10, 10 or 11. And, That's um, uh, Mini Hoodie. Th- fifth grade? It was Mini Hoodie. Yeah. Fifth yeah. grade, you're still in elementary school. Gosh, I might have been younger now that I think about it. But wow. yeah, I remember just going, holy crap, that was rad. And uh, that hooked me, just that feeling of winning and, and being part of that community. And, um, uh, you know, and just it was a whole new world to me that opened up. Yeah. But I, put, I bet it, I mean, just like here, you, you start seeing other surfers from other parts of the island, like the town guys or the yeah. Kailua guys. And, you know, for, and when you're in. When you're that young, that's still a world away. Yeah. You know, like it's not you, it's you a run across territory. Yeah. So I bet it was cool to see, you know, all the other little right hot shots and so you know, guys you guys became friends with. I'm trying to tap into my memory. I have a horrible memory. So I was in fourth grade. How old are you? You're when you first eight. Yeah, nine. Nine, so nine going ten. Yeah, yeah. A little younger than I thought. Yeah, but um, but it was. When yeah. your first contest at Suns or at Sandy Beach. S- Sandy's. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not yeah. an easy wave. Well, it can be really. Rippable and it can be really. Oh, it's horrible. Hard, yeah. hard. Yeah. It's a horrible wave. Let's just yeah. be honest. Let's be honest. All right. Well. It's a it's a uh, wind wind wave. You know, it's just like a wind choppy wave. Yeah. Really good beach break. But you won. Yeah. Did Did you have sponsors already or? No, um, I did not. But I remember getting sponsored by, and you guys will probably appreciate this. Uh, my first sponsor was for like two weeks, and it was Beach Town. <laughs> and he gave me one of those like classically '80s huge stickers. Oh, it was yeah. like the circle, and it had the little sweet you and, lines. You and Mike Parsons? Oh yeah, no, I, yeah. <laughs> Snips was in his glory days, right? Yeah. And I think it was Dino and Dino was sponsored by Beachtown. I didn't remember. Maybe that. Shane Beshin. Shane Beshin was already like the man, uh, but they had a kind of a cool team, like a yeah. big team. And, yeah. Um, and then, uh, what a funny name for a brand, and that Beachtown. logo was like. I don't know how they disappeared too. I thought they were big for a minute. It's, they were, I think. We we talk about all the time brands that come and go and how they, you know what happened and Beach Town. Yeah, 
Yeah, that is so you only rode for them for two weeks. Two weeks, and then um, I there's this surfer that lives on the North Shore. His name's Buddy McRae. He has one arm, and he's like an amazing kneeboarder. And um, he he was a buddy of mine, and he took me surfing one day. And he's like, "Hey, bro, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you on the team for Billabong." And this was wow. before Billabong was even really in America. Gordon, this is right when Gordon Merchant was introducing Billabong to Bob Hurley. Um, Shit. And so he sponsored me, and I remember getting sponsored. Um, for a while there, I, I had some kind of cool record for Billabong. I was like the longest sponsored surfer in America because um, he picked me up when I was just this little rug rat. And it was like right from the beginning, right when Billabong was wow. introduced to America. But I always thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then I rode for Billabong for a bunch of years. So cool. right around eight or nine is when you started riding Yeah, I was probably close to ten when Dude. I rode for Billabong. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah. So then contest started being your weekend routine and yeah laura knows how it is like then i got sucked into the points and i was like okay now i gotta i'm gonna try and be you know um follow this tour yeah and there's a contest like every other weekend yeah. and for us it was always at diamond head sandy's and like all these pretty grindy makaha, uh, no. makaha a little bit makaha was like one of the better venues maybe Alamana. one on the north shore maybe alamana and then the special events were in good places like the rail sun many oh yeah classic and then the the Manihuni Classic at, at Haleiwa was the best ones. And those ones, they're cool ones with all the prizes. And yeah. Those are like some of my best memories of, you know, surfing contests oh, yeah. when you were a kid. I remember the, all the grab bags. Yeah. I got, yeah, each, you look at each, usually there were six man heats back then. Yeah. And you look at the bags and, you know, the sixth place bag is kind of like not really full. The fifth place looks like it's a little bulging out. Third, <laughs> third and over, it's like exploding over. And that's, first it's just, it's just stuff sixth place up bag has a leash in it. The second place has a leash attraction. But, but, but when you're first a kid. First was, was gnarly too. Or even second, you get a boogie board maybe. Remember yeah, like yeah. there was a prize behind the bag? Yeah. yeah. I was like, whoa, there's a boogie board. Yeah. First, it was cool. So, so how was it getting your first box from Billabong? Was that like? Oh, I so freaked out. Yeah, um, we, we, yeah. That's like a memorable life, you know, experience yeah. when you yeah. first get sponsored and you get the sticker. Not just for you, you, for your parents too. Oh yeah, and you get that box, you know, with all the clothes, and you're like, holy shit, I ride for Billabong, yeah, and all this stuff is free, and I'm gonna get a box like this every couple months i think yeah yeah i didn't know how to put it into perspective because i was just a little shit yeah but like uh i remember how psyched were you though put it, put it this way the clothes i just i remember opening the box and the clothes were um three like, sizes this was mid 80s <laughs> right so bad it was those, those long shorts the one that went yeah clam diggers <laughs> um bad billies bad billies wasn't even a thing yet mm. this was before bad billies but it was right at the beginning. It was like the double snap buttons on the shorts and super high, high shorts, like, you know, <laughs> short shorts. Um, but Poor all boy. the best <laughs> logos. And then ironically, that's like how Bill Long um, has gone back to. It was like, you know, the the logo where it's spelled out. With yeah. The, that the font. Yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Pretty cool. Yeah. Arch, exactly. Yeah. Um, Old Man Surfer knows the feeling. And just yeah. geeking out on Aki and their, their oh, team. Oh, for riders. sure. So, yeah, it was the best. I mean, they put out such incredible surf movies, you know, when, I mean, there wasn't a lot being produced, yeah. you know, but they... Surf in the Summer was fucking so yeah. insane. Really yeah. bad. Just, when you first saw that, oh my gosh. It, it, yeah, introduced the, Australia and all, all of what they had to offer and how good Jason they, they were coming Shaw. out of there. The soundtrack, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Soundtrack. Yeah. TSOL. Yeah. Yeah. What about Bla uh, Beyond Blazing Boards, though? 
Yeah, that, that probably with, is my favorite surf yeah, movie of all time. With, with Aki, Chris Bystrom. Yeah, that first that first amazing. wave the Aki gets like <clears throat> it's pretty much the first documented. Oh, the air you're talking about the air? Yeah. Yeah. That front yeah. side air was sick. Kind of holds <laughs> yeah. up now. Still. Yeah. He just hucked it. Like, they, like, his face was classic. He's and like, the claim on that, like, that's probably one of the original claims <laughs> yeah. in, in surfing history, right? He had some good claims. Front side air, kind of a weird one, like out into the flats at, on the Sunshine Coast, like some little beachy. Yeah. It kind of disappears and then he stands back up <clears throat> yep. and then he does that freaking, you know. Yeah. Ironically, he never did airs when he was on tour. Champ, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's so tragic. No, I don't think he ever did. I mean, I, I remember being on the QS and be like, oh, you know, Aki's, Aki's back and I might have a heat with him. Like, this is so crazy. I probably did. I probably got smoked every time. But, um, yeah, it was weird on his comeback. It was so awesome to see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he was gone for a while. Gone. Right? Yeah, he was gone for a while. He got, like, uh, depressed and was overweight and got hooked on drugs and yeah. was just totally gone and then made a complete comeback and won the world title. Amazing. Really cool. We gotta get him on the show. So I bet so, he's psyched. Yeah. So you started surfing more contests. <clears throat> what? Do you, I mean, you you lived in paradise, and what was your first uh, like surf trip? Ooh. Also at a young age. Um, luckily, my parents put a lot of trust in me, and they let me go uh, with Mike Latronic and Ronnie Burns. Wow. Um, uh, and we met up with some of the Aussie pros for Billabong uh, when I was 12. So I flew to Australia. <clears throat> it's kind of crazy to think about it now because I didn't I didn't have any chaperone on the flight over. I just flew over, hopped on a plane, um, got picked up by um, someone that worked for Billabong. I can't remember his name. Uh, someone that works for Billabong though picked me up in Sydney, and I stayed there for like two days. And then I went to the Gold Coast and hung out with um, wow some of those dudes and um, at twelve years old twelve yeah and went and surfed Snapper and Kira and all that it was and it was because this is right when those movies were and Aussies are pretty surfing the summer came out the oh, movie wow. you talked about yeah, yeah yeah and so I just watched that was burning through for the, uh, through my VHS for like a year <laughs> and then went to Australia like you can imagine the froth level like, oh my gosh that's psyched. insane how uh, how was that being introduced to Australia. Driven, I mean, I'm sure, you know, did, did they make you drink <laughs> at 12 With years old? In, initiation? Right? No. Like, those dudes are... I was too young. I, I definitely walked past a pub, though, and, like, could smell the smell and saw the pirates in there. I was like, well, yeah. this place is gnarly. <laughs> yeah. I was on a quick server for my youth years, and um, let's just say I was uh, chap early. Cha chaperoned on a few trips with some... Heavies. Yeah, some yeah. heavy yeah. dudes, right? I, yeah. I think my... Surfers are way more advanced. Yeah. When... Right? when uh, <laughs> yeah, my, my Liberated. First, liberated. <laughs> I extended... I went over Thanksgiving week and I asked my parents. I think I was a freshman or a sophomore. Young. I was like... Not even 16. I think I was like 14 or 15. Mm -hmm. And they said, yeah, we got a place for you to stay. Um... And I, I didn't even ask. I didn't even know who anybody was. And and Marvin and Mickey picked me up. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I slept on, no joke, and I slept on VLAN floor with rats, like, running by. That's so like, nuts. It was, it was the scariest thing ever. And then I met Jack, and he's like, dude, they should have told you you could have come and stayed here, you know? Because like, he was all quick server boy, and I was like, this is... 
And I didn't even know until years later how like what those guys, you know, those I was super gnarly. Pretty much the super naive of the like what they were. I just knew Who this. Who was is... the team uh, manager that said, "Yeah, you should stay with these guys"? That's a good question. Bobby uh, Todd. Who threw you in there? It was <laughs> Quack. It was. Quack it might have been like Rich uh, Richard Wolcott. Wow. Yeah, and Quack. Like they were running it. Uh, Robbie didn't come on until a few years later. Oh, really? I think I was like fourteen or fifth, like freshman. Yeah. Ross is 12 going to Australia, yeah. though, bro. I know. No, but I just remember, like, going at... No, that's not like, just... Yeah, with Marvin Foster. Yeah. That's really cool. It's also a badge of honor. Ba- yeah, right? I it's guess. Probably, it's a, I don't know you were probably a... so, like, quiet and, like... Oh, I I, did, <laughs> yes, I, I wouldn't come... I would get up as soon as I was waiting for the sunrise every day, and then I'd grab my, my stuff, and I wouldn't come back until, like, it was bedtime, and I'd slide in and just curl up, and I would be like... <laughs> Is it going to, you know, I just, I, I think I spent a, a few hours a day there. Oh I was like, gosh. this is crazy. I had a skateboard and I tuck it behind the bushes. I'm all, my skateboard gets ganked. I'm like, I'm pissed. And How that's many days did you stay there? Uh, like a week or something like that. Really yeah. Hard. Yeah. That's Those it. houses were next level too. Oh, that's what I mean. It was projects. They nice? No. Oh, they were shitty. Yeah. yeah. The whole project, VLAN project. Like crack houses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so did you go to like other islands and surf with like other kids? Did you meet up with other like groms? Like I did oh, when I'm I was a Kauai? little older. So like age um, uh, 16 is when I met Shane Dorian and went to the, to, uh, the big island. Um, didn't go to Kauai much or Maui. Just kind of my outer island experience was with Shano and Conan and those dudes. And um, when I was just a little bit older, and would go visit them in the summertime and go surf with them because um, yeah. Kona is really fun in the summer. But that was kind of my introduction to surfing on outer islands. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Not a lot of waves. Well, I mean, Big Island gets waves, but not as consistent as yeah some of the other. I mean, it's cool because Kona's on the west side, so yeah. they get they get waves year round. Yeah, they get south and north swells, but um, it takes a bit more effort for swells to get in there. So they're used to some flat spells for sure. Yeah, and lots of sharp reef and not easy in and outs. Right, it it built the surfer that is Shano. Yeah, just yeah. surfing on dry rocks. That's why he has no fear. Yeah. So speaking of fear. <clears throat> um, how old were you when you started like charging? Charging. <laughs> um, Day one had to. I don't know. You know how it is. Like growing up in an environment, you just no get... Ross. I don't know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just grew up in an environment like seeing it all the time, big waves, and then I was always re- obviously super scared of big waves and had a very healthy uh, amount of respect for big waves and knew how dangerous it was. And then maybe, but I did have a connection to it um and my i think how i fell in love with surfing some bigger waves was um i surfed pinballs a lot from like age 12 i'd always go surf little inside waimea against the rocks there like but still even that for a 12 year old was like you know ceiling high here like 12 foot faces or something and you're like but it was a nice introduction (laughs) because it was a fat wave and you use a deep water huge channel yeah Yeah. the best introduction to this day i take groms out there um, even if it's like 15 feet because it's like the safest way you can introduce big waves and wow yeah that made me fall in love with bigger surf and 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 also it made me um kind of teach myself how to use channels and current and all that kind of stuff and and to use you know um that you guys have a fear in a good way do you guys have a magical way of duck diving Lin- yeah, it's called bailing. Yeah. <laughs> Linden taps out about four feet. Oh, um, yeah? Yeah. 
Bro. I mean, and that's Cal- California. That's California four feet. Uh, hey, I have a lot of friends in Hawaii that tap out at four feet. And it's just, yeah, that's okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah. As long as you're having fun in the water. You know, but I just, I just wonder because from anybody outside of Hawaii, you, and it was kind of known within the industry and your sponsor, like you pretty much were never going to be a pro, never were going to be successful if you were going to be a pro, if you didn't show up to Hawaii and like, mm. you know, at least charge yeah yeah well you know like the the 90 95 percent of the hawaiian population or the surfing population can't surf big waves yeah. right so for for i know it's pretty us, big, a lot of guys out now the five percent <laughs> like me you know look, you know watch guys like you surf these mountains right men who ride mountains <laughs> And it's like, wow, yeah, they grew up on the island and, you know, acclimated, but it's still really dangerous. Bizarre. Gnarly. You know, like <laughs> when you think about it, because I mean, I'll surf the biggest waves I've ever surfed, you know, it's like 20 foot face maybe. Mm-hmm. And that's the scariest shit ever, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. I only did it for like a session, yeah. one session, and I probably would never want to do it again. Right. But here you guys are. You know, you do it every day sometimes. Well, it's, it's, and Laura, you know this, it's just, the, I, some of the craziest big wave surfers there is on a planet are not from Hawaii. They're from Florida. They're from places yeah. with that. You know, it's one of those things that it's just, and then there's people that grew up on the North Shore that are terrified of, of four foot waves. Yeah. So it, it really is something you're just kind of like, you're innate to and you're born with. Um, yeah. Just to be drawn to it, because it is this like, kind of fucked up quest right like if yeah. you're gonna be a big wave surfer you don't just do it haphazardly like yeah yeah you gotta like want to do it hopefully you yeah. know that you're doing it for you gotta reasons. have a little bit of crazy yeah. it seems like i i mean calculated cra- crazy. there's there's crazy big wave surfers and there's calculated and there's guys that train beyond belief there's and, there's big wave servers that are like high on drugs and just like full rebels and then there's like your total like your ian walsh's and shane dorian's that are just like this disciplined lifelong quest yeah. you know to um you know the, those are the guys that scare me because they're just like you know really they'll um, never tap out there's never just diabolical yeah, yeah. They're serious about it and they charge and it's like this really admirable thing but i don't know for me i always equate it to um fun and i was always passionate about it and, and it is also a little bit of a social thing for me like i like to surf with keone watson when the waves get bigger He'll call me up. We call it like our bat phone. Like if I get a text from him, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, there must be a swell coming. Yeah. And um, and we'll just make a day of it. You know, it's it's so much fun. That's cool. It's usually like not many people out. It's nice and quiet. It's super peaceful. Yeah. What's your favorite wave in Hawaii? Uh, I really like surfing backdoor and off the wall. Yeah. Um, I know it's crowded and, and mayhem. No, but, but if you're, if 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 everywhere's if it's going off and wherever and. It clears out a yeah, little bit, right? I'm just saying. Uh, no. Not anymore. Huh? <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. It, you know, because nowadays you can get a, a swell like in, you know, March or wherever, you know, even we've been, I surfed back door in July um, yeah. just a little while ago. So, um, and it doesn't, for, for these days, you know, I'm satisfied with some pretty like decent waves. I don't need to get totally pitted off my head to, yeah. you know, be psyched. Do you, do you remember your first photo in the mag and who took it i do it you was, got a lot you got a lot of fucking coverage <laughs> i my first photo was at pinballs at waimea and it was warren bolster 
to Warren Bolster. Yeah, yeah. Warren Bolster. He had me go out. He just saw that I was this little toe-headed blonde kid that liked to surf out there. He's like, hey, I want to go out there and shoot you. And he, he like, took me out there on his blow-up mat. And um, and he had me do these little snaps on his shoulder in front of him for, like, a few hours. And uh, I got this, like, little postage-sized stamp photo in, like, surfing, I think. Might have been surfer. That yeah. was the first one? Yeah. Nice. Uh, I was like, well, that's cool. And you were already riding for Billabong? I rode for Billabong and Blue Hawaii was my surfboard Blue sponsor. Blue Hawaii, Happy H. I've seen that on your. I rode for those two companies for, for a long, time. long, long time. Yeah. yeah. Who was a shaper? At, yeah, I'm sure they had a, a few house they shapers. They had um, Wade Takoro at the very beginning. Terry um, Mini. Mizak. Uh, no. Um, Mini. They had separate shapers in California too. Oh, yeah. really? They did. Um, and then for many years, Wes Oshiro was my sponsor, uh, my mm-hmm. shaper. Um, that I loved his boards and then um, Jason Kashiwai and um, they had obviously Glenn Manami who was the owner of Blue Hawaii Manami, yeah, that's shop great boards Sino Magellanis yeah, um, Jeff Johnson they, they had a lot of really good shapers yeah, yeah. so Australia was your first surf trip out of out of the Hawaii yeah I want to say that was my first international trip I did go to California prior to that uh, maybe like a, one year before that I went to and stayed with Shane Beshin, um randomly just got hooked up through like the NSSA they just like provided homes for people to stay and I crashed on his floor for two weeks hmm. stayed with the Beshins. that's um, cool they were a super surf family and yeah on it and I surfed here at Huntington we surfed the Nationals at Huntington when I was 11 or something like that so yeah. uh, how old were you when you turned pro? Uh, my senior year of high school, so I was like 17 and a half, something like that, almost 18. How did that You hear go? that kid? Senior year of high school, he stayed in school. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, what a, different, different, no, different days now. Stay in school. How did, uh, how did that come about? <laughs> um, so at that point, I was, I was like, I had like really a good connection with my sponsors, um, with Billabong and, um, and Cause I, you were getting a lot of coverage. I was getting some good coverage, and I was just really fortunate. I was already traveling a ton by the time I was 18 years old. And um, and so I was just waiting to graduate so that I could jump on a QS. Or actually, back then, it was just one tour. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, how it was, like, our examples was Kelly. Kelly was one year ahead of me, and so was Shane Dorian. So they were already doing the tour. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to join you guys as soon as I graduate. And I just couldn't wait to get out of there. Yeah. Did you do any of the pro, ju- pro juniors? I did. Because um, there wasn't many back then, like, you know. No. There was a couple. It was annual. Yeah. It was one that Nair- I remember. It was Nair- Hot Buttered Pro Junior on Nairbin. Nairbin, yeah. yeah. And I did that, uh, the first year I did that, I was 15, and I got, I made the quarters. I think I lost to Matt Hoy, and I remember, I remember I was like, it was like pretty solid that's, result. That's really I good. Like, yeah. I, was, I was psyched. Um, also, yeah, that was, that was cool to travel back then nice. to Australia. And then... 18 to get on the world tour or the qs yeah right how, how long did it take you to so you were, i think it was like half a year because you you graduate right in the summertime right and i jumped on for the second half of the year and that was the last year that asp was one tour so there was just trials and then the main event kind of thing there was yeah. no split two-tier system um and i Gosh, just you are old yeah i'm just kidding totally. <laughs> 46 years old <laughs> Um, and I remember traveling with Kelly a bit and he was already like, so that was the first year. And I remember Kelly finished like 40th or something, yeah. which was insane for a grommet, you know, and then he made the proper tour 
and I just got a couple of contests under my belt and finished 100th and something, whatever. Um, and then that following year was my first full year. So I was age 19, and, um, and that was considered the QS. And I did that for three years before I qualified. So it took you three years to qualify. Yeah, my what third year. What was it year. like? Like, you know. Uh, competition was always really hard for me. It didn't come natural to me. Um, I, I just always tried to serve hard and fast and, like, would overdo it. Um, but I had some okay success. And I remember um, really being fixated and, and excited about um, surfing with Taylor Steele and those guys and doing video parts. Um that's so I remember just kind of feeling split, like I want to go surf over here and, and, and do the kind of free surfing thing and yeah. make video parts. But I also really want to get on the world tour because that was all of our dream is to compete and be on the tour. So there's two really good stories that um, I'd like to dive into on that, right? Like, all right, so when, how old are you when Taylor Steele started making videos? Because you were pretty 18. much, we were you were on the ground floor, right, of that. Yeah, when he first came to Hawaii um, is when I met him. So I was 18 years old, and he stayed at Benji's house there at Pipe. And um, and uh, that was when we all first, uh, all the Hawaii groms met Taylor for the first time. Yeah, and and how weird was that? Like, you know, getting videoed is one thing, right? And then having it become so important, did you... Did you realize it was going to be important? Or at the time, you're just like, yeah, you know, I want to see myself surf. It's, that was pretty we're much it. Out. Yeah, you just wanted to get good waves so you could watch and see where you... all your friends, you, right? You, you, you want to top each other. Absolutely. Like, you know, you see Kelly's wave or Shane's wave. Yeah. You want, you know, your wave to be good <laughs> and, and rip harder. harder than those guys, right? Yeah. But, you know, what it became is... Yeah fucking phenomenal yeah right? it, it came from but, like destination parts to like personality parts and right. that's you know that was where taylor had such you know taylor still had such good successes yeah but you know but he really identified the funny thing that I, i'm trying to point out is like it's just a couple of friends just like watching each other surf yeah, oh, yeah. right and well, it he... became such a phenomenal cultural sh it, it changed the game yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like it changed the, the world and how people because the only videos really coming out prior to that were, were like Quicksilver, you know, everyone's team, in a great you know, wow. Billabong's team and then a couple of randoms like whether it's you know, the Fletcher family was doing the Wave Warriors where they were doing right. more destination. But right. yeah, yeah back in the day they were like maybe once or twice a year you'd see a new video, right? And then now it's like it's like you guys um you know, kind of created a new sector yeah. or a new, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, well, new school. It's, new school. Right? That was it. It's to rewind a little bit. Like, so Taylor, and it's, I think it's the reason why Taylor Steele is as much of a star as a lot of the surfers. You know, Taylor kind of has his own aura. Um, and Taylor's a little bit of a ham bone. I think he yeah. likes the camera a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, ham bone. He, uh, yeah. He was really a trailblazer. And so For like sure. his first movie, I believe, was Seaside and Beyond. Yep. Right? And it was just like a home project, I think he said. Now, um, was that before Hawaii or? This is before Hawaii, okay. before Momentum. And um, so, but that was his experience. I think it was a school project even. Um, and he filmed his, his good buddy, Rob Machado, all the time. And that was Taylor's experience, like um, kind of teaching himself how to film and put music to, to surfing. 
And then when he was, uh, so Taylor's, I think, a year older than me. I believe he was around 19 when he first came to Hawaii. And he was filming a little bit. And just he just went there to film and surf and hang out. And then he met Benji and everyone. And so I, and that he didn't really, I don't know if he even knew it, but he was filming for Momentum at that point. And, um, and he put together that first movie. And uh, it just happened. That, I think the coolest thing is it, um, like, as you guys said, it was so different because the industry didn't produce it. It didn't have a budget. You know, it wasn't promoting Billabong or Quicksilver or these big powerhouse companies. It was just a grommet that yeah. was filming his friends. And that's what the audience really gravitated towards. It was this really organic, cool vibe that it was just Taylor and his for real buddies filming them. And we all used it as a tool as well because we wanted, and... we wanted to watch Kelly and all the best guys and watch our own waves back and try and help ourselves get better. And yeah. So it was just mutual, like just awesomeness. Yeah. And that's, that's how it started with the momentum. And... and that helped kind of like create some other like lifelong friendships that kind of like Absolutely. really early... Years. Yeah. I mean, we all watched the Momentum, you know, documentary, and it was awesome. Yeah. You know, I know they created a little bit more, more drama than, you know. There's some they, drama there. There's some drama for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing was really fabricated. Like they, I think they just they had so much to choose from, you know, and yeah, and, and obviously they wanted to make it a human story. Yeah. So I, I think they did a good job. You know, it was awesome. So so cool. We talked about Momentum or. Taylor Steele and mm -hmm. that cultural shift. And then let's go back to you grinding on the QS. You, you three years to make the three tour. Three years to make the tour. Mm -hmm. So when you finally, did you win any contests or? QSs? No, never won a QS. Didn't win a CT. Had a bunch of finals, but um, was like I told you guys, I was, I was, uh, pedal to the metal I always tried to surf really fast and hard and didn't have that really good instinct to um, kind of compete yeah. but I was lucky neither that the, I was good that's late night that's how we get, we get along so well I don't know <laughs> yeah. I just kind of fumbled a lot you guys just ripped really hard but I knew it was it was it, to be honest it was frustrating because I knew yeah. I was good enough to to win yeah. a bunch of contests let alone world class but, um, both of you guys are world class surfers I saw a lot of my peers that that won contests so I you know it was it was a tough pill to swallow but I also was um, you know honest with myself about it and I knew that a lot of times you know I just would would fucking heat up and yeah. fall a lot I used to fall all the time um, and then the other thing I, I didn't really have that killer instinct I was really happy to be with my friends and yeah. film with Taylor Steele and, and hang out and yeah. I, I was I was competitive for sure but yeah. it was more like about my surfing I wanted my friends to be psyched on my surfing yeah but if I had Lar or Shano or Kelly or anyone give me a compliment about my surfing that was the world to me yeah um, uh, and Maybe too much so because you know I didn't have that precision focus to like win a bunch of heats. Yeah, I just was good enough to kind of um, you know have a decent career on tour. So you cracked the the then ASP or does it was it, it WSL was, already? No, it was ASP. WCT, but it, WSL it, came only like five years ago, six okay. years ago. Yeah. So you, you finally cracked the the world tour mm -hmm. top and then 44 top 44 the total dream yeah it was a dream come true i was like couldn't believe it because it was really hard and it was getting to the point where that was my three third years year. i mean that's a long time to fucking it is yeah grind out and that's a lot of traveling it's a lot of yeah. it's also asking a lot of your sponsors you know because you're like i'm gonna do the tour again and they're like killer and you know you didn't make the tour yet so it's like there's pressure yeah a lot of pressure and uh 
But I feel like yeah. you're valuable, right? Because you are in the momentum generation. You're getting a lot of coverage there, and you're getting a lot of coverage. Magazines. Magazines. Yeah. You're you're one of the standouts in Hawaii on the North Shore. And I was a grommet still. I was 21. Yeah. When I made the tour, so I was young. Um, and and you know, again, like I told you guys, I put a lot of energy to Taylor's movies and stuff. So I was in the limelight with all my buddies, yeah. and it didn't hurt either that I was like writing the coattails of guys like Kelly Slater and stuff you know and so our group as a whole was like this thing yeah you know it was almost a package deal it was super fortunate to be part of those yeah. guys you know? yeah you guys uh, I, I hang with Kelly can you add another zero over there <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> somehow that didn't work no I'm just kidding but yeah <laughs> but yeah. I mean so you, you're on the world tour how long did you uh, surf on the world tour uh, I think it was about six or seven years um, wow, that's so it's a long time. Three, three years on it. Uh, it wasn't that long, but um, so I think it was about ten years total. Yeah. Um, so this brings me to like age almost thirty, um, and then I had a pretty crummy year on tour, and I was still filming with Taylor, um, and so I split my year with traveling, trying to make movies, and um, doing the CTs only. I didn't do any QSs because yeah. I always figured like, ah. Oh, I'll do well uh, I can, I can do okay on. enough to stay. Yeah. Back then it was top twenty-two, so yeah. I was like pretty generous, and I was like, I'm, I'll be fine. And I finished like twenty-eighth that year. I had a shocker of a year. I had like three quarterfinal finishes, and then like a bunch of last place finishes. So I was just like classic me. I was just like super inconsistent, and um, and uh, so anyways, I fell off tour. So I was like, that's fine, whatever. You know, I guess I'll do the QS next year. And then I broke my foot. Horrible break in my foot. It was in a cast and I had two surgeries. How'd you break it? Surfing. Surfing, I did a big like ollie oop out the back and landed with my front knee locked, and it just my I had a list front fracture, so my foot just went, it like all my bones and tendons just oh. broke in half basically. Almost so like a Slater three, one. Three, yeah, he had like a minor version of it, but yeah, tarsals. He, had, I mean, he was in a, he was hurt too for like a year, but um, I had three, three inch long screws sideways through my foot. Yikes! For eight months, and then I had those taken out, and was in a boot for like three months. So I was in a boot or a cast for almost a year. Wow! No that, injury wild card. No injury wild card, and no points. Yeah. So the th another year after that, when I was finally able to surf good again and compete again, I was just like kind of in the middle of nowhere. I had nowhere to go. I, had yeah. no, I didn't even You're have points in a QS. I was like just I was thirty one. Um, so I was still young, but I, I didn't really have a place on tour. Um, and that was right when I met my wife. So I was like, okay, I'll just be a, a, a free surfer for as long as I can. And that was yeah. when I signed with Vinny Delapena with Ezekiel and signed like a five-year contract with him. Holy and, shit, you wrote for Ezekiel? Yeah, for five years. And that was that was what kind of ended my career. I just wrote it, wrote that into the, sun, the sunset. Nice. And um, but yeah, that was so my my finish on tour was a. a a little abrupt, you know, but it was from that injury. Yeah. Yeah. Injuries suck. Yeah, they're tough. Tough. <laughs> but um, I had 10 years on tour. It was awesome. Yeah, That's incredible. Yeah. What was your favorite um, parts of the tour? Back then, it wasn't as dreamy as now. You know, we had a lot of, I'm sure Laura remembers this, we had a lot of contests at, in big cities and in the summertime. So we basically follow. It's almost the opposite of now. Like yeah. we followed wherever the crowds were. So yeah. and it was like the opposite of when swells happened. So we went to France for like two or three big CTs. Yeah, in the they summer. had they had three, three CTs like yeah. championship Lockdown, tour events in July. Possible. So it was like flat, hmm. and you're psyched if you got a swell. And then we went to Japan for two yeah. CTs also in the summer, dead flat. 
Um, and then we went to, uh, and then the other events were not too bad. And of course, we had the triple. Australia crown. was good. Australia was always fun, um, and and the other events. But uh, Brazil, Brazil was always tough too. So like half of our tour was grindy. Yeah, yeah. It was it was shore breaks and pretty small. They did yeah. like the G land like a couple years and then. Gland was amazing. That was right when I was kind of transitioning. The dream tour. My last couple of years on tour started getting dreamy. Like there was yeah. Fiji was on the map and was and, on the tour and Gland and started getting and, good. And Rip Curl was moving the mobile every year, a kind of a surprise search, event, yeah. search event. Yeah. Yeah. It, Different. Right around 2000, 2001, yeah. which was right, unfortunately, right when I kicked out off tour. But that was right when it started getting really nice. So. I always dreamed of my man. If I could just make the, 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 <laughs> the, the CT... Right. It's in so much better quality surf. Like the QS was so bad. To this day, too. It's so bad. And I'd be like, like I never done, speaking, we're at the US Open this week, and I never did good here. Right. I think my best result was 25th, like a round before quarters. Wow. Yeah. And I would get smoked every time. Home break. So pissed break. this guy. Every yeah. single time. And I would go to Durban. It was before, it was the Gunston 500. And, you know, that was the one of the two five stars. It was that uh-huh. here, and then the rest were whatever. And I'd be like, I'd lose like first. I think the best result there was like 25th. And then they would, that two weeks later, there'd be a QS and it's a two star and it'd be at J Bay and I'd make finals. I think my worst result was a quarter. I'd be like, quarter semis finals. Like, no worries. Of course, J Bay. And that was a two star. You could win the two star and get more points at equal 25th in the Gunston. I was like, I know I'm never going to make the tour because I can only get results in like these really low start events yeah. but they're in better quality ways most of the time but it just never calculated yeah. out it was so frustrating oh yeah Sorry. but then i was like you where i felt you know I, I i enjoyed going to places without 150 200 you know tour guys yeah. and i'd be like what i want to come back here without anybody and i'd right. be trying to set up a photo trip with a magazine or a sponsor right. or a video guy and and just the quality of life and the happiness of right going back and enjoying that destination yeah because when you lose you want to get the yeah you're uh, you're in and out i'm like i can't believe i just flew halfway around the world and left yeah absolutely so ezekiel was your last sponsor or i mean transition sponsor yeah yeah and i rode for reef for a a while too um in my mid to later 30s yeah Um, reef introduced me to commentating yeah, so really. Natural evolution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's jump on that since we're talking yeah. about commentating. I mean, was it something that you respect? Like, you know, was it something you wanted to do? Did well, you ever go to college or? No, no. Yeah. My whole life is so. That's like that's my evolution of my career. So I had a couple years there where I was almost kind of drifting. Like, well, okay, it's time to get a job now. Uh, in my mid thirties. Um, because I rode for Reef, but it was a pretty tiny contract and wasn't enough to live off of. So there was a couple of years where I was like, I got to start figuring some shit out here. Yeah. Um, and uh, my wife was a full-time school teacher. We just started having kids. Um, and but so Reef sponsored the Hollywood Open, yeah. um, and they would have their team riders. So like me and um, Machado and Shane would come in and just do like guest commentary. And if you guys remember, this is right at the very early stages of webcasts. So yeah. it was like a new thing for everyone. It was like, yeah. oh, commentate. There was no such thing really as comment- commentating. It was just yeah. like beach Beach marshal yeah. announcer, yeah. beach announcer, yeah. Um, and then like maybe TV personalities, you know, like the guys, Dave Stanfield and those Dave, guys yeah, were, yeah. would do like these hour specials on whatever. But other than that, there was, it was like a Wild new thing World for us. Like what is, what is webcast? You know, it was like this cool new thing. Yeah. 
And I remember feeling buzzed about it. Like, well, it's cool. Like, um, I know surfing. I'll commentate all day. I'll go yeah. talk about these freaking guys ripping. Like, of yeah. course, sign me up. And so that was my introduction was Nutty um, Heath Walker. He, he said, hey, yeah, come and commentate some heats at Hollywood. And, um, and that was what introduced me to it. And then I met, <clears throat> because of that, I was in that circle with Randy Rarick and Marty Thomas and them. And I just told him, hey, I, I'm open to do the Triple Crown if you need me. And that was how I kind of slowly got in. Yeah. You sound college educated. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Honestly, like when you when you're, you you're you're articulate, and, but your breakdown, your your studious of the the surfing game, and that's what mm. comes across when you. I mean, obviously, you know, you 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 got to throw in some some lines that you know, are funny, and <laughs> yeah. and, and, and you but know, Ross, you got to keep it interesting. One of the best, yeah. thanks, Larry. You're yeah. one of the better commentators, and you know, you hear that from a lot of people no. from different. Uh, segments but even coming I mean your friends are your most critical right you know people right and I mean I know you probably had you know a lot of these similar conversations with your close friends but if I wasn't didn't know surfing and I was just kind of coming across and listening to there's a lot of good commentators on the WSLs do a great job getting yeah. a mm-hmm. good group of people yeah but um, I I mean, and I talk to other people, and they're like, "I love having Ross on there. Yeah. I love, I love Pete. Mel- you know, guys that are surfers like myself yeah. that understand surfing and understand the the, the critique and the criticalness. Yeah. And and when you have surfers, How bad you, was it back in the but, day? But when you have surfers, <laughs> and no disrespect to anybody that's not like your caliber that's commentating yeah. as far as a surfer, yeah. I, I just it sounds like you said like you're polished. Yeah, you're yeah. polished, and I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, it's a res- you know, like we respect the stuff that you say yeah. because we're like, yeah, that's exactly kind you know, of what. You know, what's weird about commentary is it's it's like anything, um, and it's even like surfing, or I would even go deeper and like it's almost like style, yeah. um, right? So when when someone is a grommet and they start to surf and then they they start developing their talent on surfing, they're just born with this style. No one taught them how to hold their arms or yeah. how to stand. Yeah. Some people have really ugly style. Some people have good style. And there's everything in between. Some yeah. some people's styles are quirky. It's kind of the same thing with commentary. Like people have this just way of talking. Yeah. yeah. Some people are, are um, naturally funny and ham bones and just love the attention. Yeah. And then some people are like super into the details and and just can't help but to you know talk about all the um, ins and outs of surfing and yeah. then other people are just there to because it's a job you know and but there's like this funny thing with you know with Potts and with Joe and Ronnie and Strider and Rosie and all, all the commentators everyone has their style on it and if you listen to them talk it's kind of how they surf yeah yeah you know it's this weird That's thing funny it, you it, say it's that. true it, totally. it is their personality yeah right but uh, going back to the old school David Stanfield and mm. D. David Morin and and that one dude that commentated with PT back in the day, they were terrible. Cause they didn't surf and they, they, they just That's heavy. It's not heavy because it's true, bro. It's like yeah. remember like I, I mean, different, even different to this time. day, like when 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 we're just watching and uh the things they say you remember like like I said, that, quirky liners. That guy's got more moves yeah. than Beacon and Mayflower combined. <laughs> it's, there, you remember that? Yeah. He said that. You're just like, wait, what did he just say? I yeah. will say in defense of like guys like Stanfield and, and some of that. That was a Stanfield. Right. Stanfield was a little better. but yeah. There was like Surfer Joe Typo or like Larry Blears and all these legends that were. So mm-hmm. like 
commentary in those days, um, it was double duty with beach commentary, yeah, yeah. right? And so they're literally inflecting their voice because they have to. They have to give scores. Yeah. Um, most of the time, they're just trying to address, especially during a triple crown. Um, no, tourists. Right? Oh, people yeah, that tourists. don't know you're, anything about surfing. Totally... So they're like talking about where they're born or the weather and you know, stuff like that. Yeah. It wasn't core. Yeah. Right? So then there's slowly been this transition. And I will say WSL has done a good job interjecting or, or intertwining those two worlds, right? Because yeah. they still want to grab a new audience, which is awesome. I'm like totally on board with that. Yeah. But what I've always been careful with and really cautious of is I want to keep the core audience involved too. Because um, that's even more important. Yeah. You know, you don't see basketball commentary just yuck it up and talk about you know how you bounce a ball. Yeah. They're talking about intricate moves and fouls and yeah. plays. You know, and yeah. Surfing needs to stay attached to the core knowledge, but I, I like that WSL is kind of you know join those two worlds so that's inclusive. Because it used to be clicky and yeah. like yeah really duty and like yeah. you know like slang and like yeah I was at the party last night with so and so. You know now it's become professional. And yeah. I think it's kind of yeah we, it comes across want, like that. You, because it's a spectator sport now, right? And you do want some sort of uh, polished act, yeah. And and it, it's great. You're you're right. WSL's definitely made it polished, and and all the guys and My- the girls that are commentating, they make it. You know, right. it feels genuine. So I got a question uh, from one of our fans. Um, I'm just making that up, you guys. One of our listener fans out, want to ask you this question. So when you're in the booth commentating, you're not physically looking at the lineup all the time. You're looking at the teleprompter. Replays. Replays. Or does it depend on the event? It depends on the event. Okay. Um, and it's always been a funny sticking point with me. I've always um, butted heads sort of with... Uh, you know, the producers and stuff like that, and not butted heads, but just, but just like giving your opinion. I'm yeah. like, please, can we see the ocean? Um, and most of the time we do. Yeah. Uh, at least, you know, I can stand up and take a look outside because it's important to know where everyone's sitting in the lineup, if yeah. the set's coming, what's the water doing, is there heavy current, or, you know, yeah. it's all those little things. So it's, uh, it's really. Uh, it, I, I would, that's what I was getting at is I feel like you, you have a, maybe it's easier to talk. About when you have those oh, yeah. those things in front of you, for sure. You know, if not plus in, be, it, in, in between your your in and out every other heat, you're you know hopefully staying eyes on and oh, yeah. staying involved because you're going to jump back in the booth in the next heat because yeah. they alternate you. So it's got to be somewhat challenging staying on the pulse of what's really going on for sure. outside the box. It's a long day. Yeah, yeah. So, but you're right. It, you have to stay connected to the water. I think it's really important. Plus, it it it. Um, it gives you emotion. Yeah. You know, if you can see the water and you can feel big sets coming in or yeah. and just know, walking is, the comp- or, or see somebody catch a wave and then there's no sets out the back, you're like, Oh my gosh, yeah. like yeah. yeah. And then on the flip side, um, you know, your directors and producers and stuff, they want to make sure you watch the screen because they want you to commentate to the show. Yeah. You know, and not be like you know, back in the day, there was no connection between the commentating and, and the broadcast. It was just a yard sale. And, you know, now they want it to be sharp. So they want you to. Yeah. And that's why they really want you to be fixated on the screen as well. Yeah. But I just meant as far as, you you know, you get you get vibe and aura like guys at the, at the site. You know, obviously, they're ripping in the water, but just their, their sense that, uh, around the comp, you know, hey, this guy's showing up like at dark before, you know, like, yeah. it, you know, the more you see, you know, the more you could kind of, you know, commentate on each right. specific surfer. So going back 
you started riding for Ezekiel, you rode for five years, then you went to Reef. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. And then, so what were you doing? So then what, what happened then? Like, you weren't on the world tour anymore. Yeah. You're basically focusing on... Being a dad and yeah. a husband. And I had that those couple of years I was telling you guys about where it was a transition there and it got like, I don't want to say funky, but it was like time to like, okay, I got to start doing something here. Yeah. I got to start making some money. Um, and it was just kind of naturally evolved into commentary. And that was right when the WSL was about to overtake the ASP. Yeah. Um, and so I... Um, did an interview for it, went to LA, um, and, uh, I, full audition, full audition. Like, yeah. We all did play by play. Like, yeah. Here, yeah here. I think some of us more than others. Like, I think they had their kind of chosen ones. I won't say names, but yeah. <laughs> um, uh, a few of us had to kind of audition for it. And then I also did, um, Bali. Yeah. Um, before the WSL took over. So I think, um, I, you had a couple my more boss uh, was tuning in to see if I was okay. And, and also he listened to me during the triple, triple crown. crown. So you had a little bit of, yeah, your, your, uh, portfolio was stocked. Yeah. With good content. I, I mean, mean, for, for him, he wanted to make sure you would have had me at hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, like, really? Well, well, I just, I, I mean, world tour surfer, momentum generation, <laughs> polished I, language. You're, you're, Affable. You're... I mean, there, there's a lot of people that want my job, yeah. you know. Yeah. So they, he, the WSL had a lot. They to hang that from. over yeah. here too. You better freaking step it up, or we got a yeah. freaking hundred well, guys. You know, it's surprising. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's certain people, right? That back in the day, they could barely like hold a conversation, but now yeah. they're like way more um, polished. You know, mm. you're like, whoa, yeah. did he go to school to? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I think, yeah, people obviously evolve and learn their craft and work on it. And, right. you know, some people, I mean, if that's their career, you better, you better, you better step work it up. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're really trying to step it up here. We're like, <laughs> we're like interviewer. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we need two more beers. Um, but now did you on, on those like reef as you're like ending your career, trying to figure out like, did you, did you have any like passions of like, job whether it's like construction or reality or like design like what did, was there any other avenues that you were looking side, at side, side hustles like or, yeah shaping um, i mean a lot of surfers <laughs> like like you know yeah. stay in tune with that or a marketing position with one of the brands i always wish i shaped it yeah. just seems like cool like, even though i know it's grinding <laughs> no a money really hard job and no money but yeah. it just seems rad you know? yeah but i i never shaped um I, I don't know. I think it, it was just really good timing with the yeah. WSL thing. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm I, I'm I'm ready to get out there and start working, and and that um, that took about a year, the but whole audition process and all that. Geez, so are you I, serious? Yeah, I mean, I had work, you know, and I had some projects going on, but like, uh, I was really ready for that when that happened, and it was good timing for me. But it's got to be exciting time. at the same time too, right? Yeah. Where you kind of like. It was exciting. It was a, you were on the a, dream tour. It was a big decision for my family because yeah, um, yeah. it meant a lot of travel and a lot of time away from my uh, wife and kids. Um, so I was like, okay, let's try this, you yeah. know, for a couple of years and see if we can wing it because um, it's you know it's obviously going to be pretty grindy. Um, but I always took my family and kids uh, and, uh, with me on a couple trips a year, yeah. which really helped break it up. Oh, um, that's huge! And that that was kind of how we pulled it off. I, I would just think Did about they it like. That? No, well, whenever I brought my wife and kids, I would pay for them. Yeah, 
but like they, you know, pay for a place. But you went back to stay and stuff like that. You yeah. went back on tour without having to win any heats or losing yeah. any heats. Yeah, <laughs> like it got surfed the dream way. It was never. It was never my intentions to like get back on tour and start hanging out. With, no, but you know, yeah, like on tour. But, but it was I, just. It just happened. But the withdrawals of traveling and and going to these places, of course, traveling was grueling and you yeah. know, being gone nine months out of the year, you know, and uh, I was ready for a break and and kind of like hunker right. down and start a new chapter, but you know. I watch all these events and it brings back memories of those yeah. spots or he, just he makes me JJ wish to, uh, I'm like dude I, I want to go back on tour so... yeah I'm ready I'm ready to go back on so tour he can go back yeah. on tour yeah I'm I know ready. what you're talking about that bug yeah. does not go away and we'll, we'll I, I, I mean come on about this crap. and I, yeah. I, I sure hope so and I mean that's our yeah. love and that's what our show's about is just how surfing as a community and how it's created where we're at now in our life yeah. but yet we're still Groms yes you know and Thankfully, yeah. Thankfully, and it, I mean, it is a fountain of youth. If, if we're not broken, <laughs> if we're not broken, <laughs> um, but I, I hope you're getting some quality waves outside of the workload so, on tour. But you, you I've did snuck you? A few in. Yes, you, 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 <laughs> did. you, you were commentating for a couple of years and then you stopped, right? Uh, I commentated for three and a half years. Four years, right? And yep. then I started coaching with John full time. So, so how, that, was, that was a big move. Let's let's talk about that. How, did you coach previously, or uh, you just had a knack for it? You loved like kind of. I mean, you're obviously analytical with surf critique and the way you commentate and the way you surf and how you got to the level you're at. Like you have to know your right your craft. Yeah, that that was. Um, I mean, it's just like commentating, right? I didn't go to school for it. Um, it was just something that, like this, uh, and we. I think. You can relate to this. We all have this this inner dialogue constantly spinning through our head, where you can't stop no. commentating in your head when you're at the beach. You see your buddy surfing, and you're like, "Oh, he kind of bogged the rail there," or, or that, <laughs> that board looks really good, or "Well, that board's bad. Get off that board," or whatever. Or, it is. or you're mind surfing, or I could tell somebody paddling into wave just on their arm movements. I'm like, "Oh, there's so and so." Yeah, it's crazy. It's a it's hypersensitive. A, a whole another sense. It, it right? is. Yeah, and we have that. Yeah. Every surfer has it, and so. To be honest, and I'm sure you guys are the same way, it's cathartic. Like it feels good to be able to have an avenue to yeah. express yourself for one, for commentating, and then for coaching. Um, you know, just being in a camp and, and getting someone to so hopefully utilize who their potential. Who approached you, and how did that happen? Like what happened? Well, I was coaching. My first student was Noah Mizuno. Uh, mm. Good friends with uh, Jake Mizuno, his dad, and um, and he approached me. He's like, "Hey, have you ever coached?" And I was like, "No." Nah, don't really have the time you know i was um commentating full-time and uh just never really crossed my mind to do it even though i was sorry at that sidebar do they are they the ones that own milo yes milo okay yes yeah. yeah and jake um uh he has affiliated with quicksilver for many years in hawaii okay. and um yeah so he his son's a ripper no yeah. um and uh so he took me in to coach noah for a couple years and that was my kind of introduction to um, coaching, and um, and it was that must was, have been kind of trippy, right? Like it came natural, like it was not, and not that I was like good at it right away or anything like that, but I felt like we were making progress. He asked progress. you, uh, the dad did, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, which is kind of cool. I think Noah was fourteen, so he's pretty young, and um, and but I felt it felt natural to me because yeah. it's it's like the like what we were saying with the, in your inner dialogue, it's just like. Sure, it's a new endeavor, but it was like, okay, I, I know how to tell this kid he needs to 
do this with his equipment. Yeah. I know how to suggest a good schedule for him for the year. Um, and then, of course, I know how to apply some good strategy to win heats because, you know, as a yeah. grommet, you know, we all make stupid mistakes. And I was yeah. like, well, we can correct that. Yeah. And so it was it was nice. It was a good evolution to, you know, uh, but start coaching John. Uh, there's a lot more outside of just having that jersey on in that 20 or whatever minute, like, oh, yeah. jersey. I, like, you're talking about, like, setting up a game plan for the year on and off the field, as you would say. You know, like, here, you know, like you said, these are the strong events these are probably your best, you know, in you know, picking event QS events to go to based on strengths and right. points and like hate not getting burned out. I'm sure you had a lot of good insight as far as like mapping out, you know, stuff outside the water too. Yeah, I mean at, at this point Noah was young, so it was more like I wanted to give them my opinion on what you know how you could approach pro surfing yeah. if it happens. Because at that point I was like, Well, we don't know, you know, he's still a grommet. Yeah. You know, but he's got great potential, let's see. And then Here's some good suggestions for you guys to promote, you know, a healthy uh, professional surfing career. And that was kind of the trajectory that I pushed him on. And then, um, and then I got a little too busy. And so uh, he, I coached him for a couple of years, but um, I was pretty busy. And did he have? Well, he I mean, still has a coach now. His coach is Doug Silva. Oh, epic! Which is awesome. Yeah. What? Dougie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Doug Silva. Let, let's just yeah. say, uh, does he live on the North Shore? He, uh, he's on. He lives South on Oahu. Yeah. yeah for, no way. Yeah. Um, he was a quick server boy. Yes. Yeah. And uh, he was one of my chaperones on some trips. <laughs> That's an oxymoron. That's all, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, an anyways, si- sidebar, you know Dougie. I love Dougie. He's an amazing human, and uh, I'm stoked where he's at on his training and his fitness and coaching. I mean, he's a... I heard he's yeah. a photographer, too. He's everything, dude. You ask him. I heard he has a tripod. He's a model. Yeah, he is. Does he? <laughs> I've never seen him with a... Uh, he scared me at, like... Yeah, you know, <laughs> I leave that alone. Anyways, um, <laughs> so going to so you did have some experience with a small coaching um, job, and then you yeah. So what happened? How'd that happen with Mister? Well, JJ so the, the whole F. thing with John was was that that was my first taste of coaching. Yeah. Right. So that, and that was really good looking back because it gave me some kind of structure for you know how to get an athlete to to. Um, optimize their potential um, but with John it was more um, being on tour and commentating um, and then also John lives near me on the North Shore um, <clears throat> so we kind of connected you know naturally and uh, he approached me to coach him and um, and we kind of hey the first that's a huge compliment right yeah oh I was yeah because I mean, was he, he already world champion, he, or he was on his way, right? Yeah, he he worked with B Dervidge for for uh, on the Gold Coast, and then maybe in one other event at the beginning of the year. And so that for John, that was when he first started really buckling down. I think for him, he was making this big push. Like, yeah, um, did he have a coach before B? No, no, no. So the whole coach thing for John was also new. Yeah, I, I believe um, he has obviously great mentors and you know a good team around him and yeah. management and stuff. But he never had a coach. Um, maybe, uh, I want to say he did have one sort of coach, um, can't remember right now, but anyway, so, uh, yeah, he worked with Bede for a couple of events, um, and I was commentating full time, so I didn't, I couldn't really coach John officially, but we started working together for his first world title and had huge success, obviously, and things were working and our ideas were gelling and the main thing is chemistry, Yeah, you know, and so... 
but then we kind of looked at each other like should we just do this full time and um and he asked me to do it full time which was a big deal because i was already you know comfortable with wsl and and um they wanted me to work with them again so i, I kind of jumped ship and and went full time with john which was a, a big commitment but um obviously worth it because yeah. you know, if you get a chance to work with one of the best athletes in the world i think it's you'd be an idiot not to so yeah yeah you know. i mean what's what's i mean he seems like a pretty personal quiet guy you know um i mean growing up where you guys are you're you're in the spotlight but yet it's pretty quiet over there it's you know it's interesting you, you're not really the rock you're a rock star just because of how good you surf and you know the, during the triple crown and that but there's a lot of downtime and i mean you guys know the real deal right like surfing as a professional athlete is is definitely back in the day it, it wasn't very professional, right? You basically... Yeah, guys thought they were all, retiring at 25. Yeah. Well, you know? all you are doing yeah, really for training, no. training was surfing, right? You weren't um, working out. There was or, one or two exceptions, but yeah, in general. Totally. In right? general. Like, yeah. And now the, the, the level of, of money, dedication... Oh, yeah. It's just become a sport. It's become a sport. Just pro- and, prolonging your career by staying healthy and, and non-injured, you know, avoiding, right. and, you know, trying but the to, way, the way to that eliminate injuries. The sports is, yeah. has elevated so much and all the focus yeah. and, and, you know, yeah. money. It's crazy to think that it's gotten to this level, right? And, and you're handling or you were managing or help coaching a fucking... Superstar. You know, superstar. Yeah. But he, I mean, a superstar that really hasn't proved himself. He had the potential and the expectations from everybody. But, yeah. you know, but yeah, he came, he came on. And of course, just like any, you he's know, the superstar coming, they, the, of... the, the expectations here. And if you don't live up to it, you're just, oh, yeah. they, they just start tearing you apart. Yeah. And, um, there was a lot of pressure. Like, uh, you know, I wanted so badly for him to fulfill that goal because yeah. I, I knew how serious he was, um, um, and we had that. You're, you're on the mic. Go, whoa! That that was a heavy turn. Uh-huh. Heavier than the other guys. <laughs> yeah, he didn't I mean, have to do that. <laughs> Slow mo and the four different replays from all angles showed what he really did. John John just <laughs> looks a little bit better today than the other guy. Luckily, the judges don't listen to us. No, that's good. Um, no, I, you guys know me. I, I would, if, if anything, I probably felt guilty and just like would downplay it. Um, yeah. But you know, commentary is a whole separate thing because it was. I wasn't really officially working for him, um, so it was it was that the second year is when the second world title is when you know we were uh, totally hands on full time immersed and yeah. traveling with yeah. him and like yeah, but um, yeah I was I was so relieved for him to get that first world title because yeah. there was a lot of pressure. Oh for my him. gosh, he's so talented. You know, it'd been I'm, a shame for him not to. I mean, with you being you know having Kelly a, a really close friend and you know competitive obviously freak that you've you know experienced since your early you play years yeah but i'm not good enough to for <laughs> look at me or rob Machado. like those guys are like they, they battle each other but yeah. just the, com- <laughs> the competitive prowlness that i'm trying to like get Jay's, at is Jay's you really got good at yeah. ping pong. you got kelly I'm kind and of you see how pong. crazy he is you know competitiveness kelly, yeah. and do you i mean did you see that same kind of competitiveness in, in john or is that something you had to kind of like bring bring out uh he is John is really competitive, a lot more competitive than people know. Yeah. Um, but he's also extremely different from Kelly. You know, Kelly's 
Um, it's so apparent, you know, he bleeds competitiveness. You just yeah. look at the guy like, well, he's guy's kind of weird. He's like trying to out do his friend right there in line to get a taco. Like yeah. whatever, it like, doesn't matter why. He's just like, yeah. he's just, and which is awesome, right? That's yeah. what makes him so classic and able to win 11 freaking world titles. It's just yeah. like the guy's an animal, right? Animal. Um, John's totally different, but he, we all have a little bit of that. And even, even me and you who are just like average competitive surfers, yeah. we were competitive. Like For sure. I always wanted to beat my friends always. And, and surf great, right? Um, I would say John's somewhere in between, you know, he's like, um, he's very competitive, but he doesn't, you know, wake up and, um, and think about it maybe the way someone like Kelly Slater or Michael Jordan does. But, um, that being said, he's so mega talented that even, you know, I think when he, and he's applying himself right now, big time. So who knows how many world titles he could win? Oh, I I think many. And I don't know if anybody will ever do what Kelly Slater's done. Yeah. I just yeah, don't think nor, it's possible. Nor would surfers want to, to yeah. be honest. To, yeah, the way he sacrificed. Most and, surfers and, don't want to stay on tour for as long as he has, you know, because it's tough. But, but that's what makes Kelly special. You yeah. Know, he's, he's an anomaly. Anomaly. A serious anomaly. Yeah. It's just mind-blowing because you would have to win a world title at fucking 18, 19 right. years old. Yeah, he's got all the records. Yeah. Yeah. And he's still breaking records right now even though he's not <laughs> winning as much just because he's in the freaking water. Yeah. yeah. Like, Kelly's alive. We just got the record. <laughs> <laughs> but, and he yeah. loves it too. He freaking loves it. Oh, he's such a. Hey, but I love weirdo. it. Yeah. I love it. We all love we it. We all dude. love it. Yeah. But I mean, the fact of what he's done for the sport, but he's, I mean, talking about surf psych Groms and how we all have yeah. that. I mean, he is. I know a what you frother. mean. Frother. He pays attention to all the details. Yeah. He watches everything back. He crunches the numbers. The guy's a freak. Yeah. yeah. He's just. Uh, so into it's, it. It's it's neat to see what he's brought to the table and that everyone else is doing the same thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like training and living a healthier life. Healthier life and all that. But he was pretty low key about like his his training and his his health for a long time. Like he was really yeah. secretive, you know. Still is. Still is. I yeah. mean, yeah. But you know, there's 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 competitors on the on the tour and you know, they're throwing their, you know, Instagram like training sessions here and there and it's it's good to see I mean now it's like different that was where I wanted to kind of dive into it's like you know from the time we were groms aspiring pros to getting those first like pro contracts to what these kids have to live in today Mm -hmm. with social media and just the competitiveness and how much bigger the sport how many more people are involved like how much harder is it to become a pro now versus it was like five before social media really took over five, eight years ago to like 20 years ago. Like, right. us, like it's crazy. What's crazy? Oh, sorry. Crazy. No, I, Go ahead, answer. I don't know. <laughs> I think um, it, it depends who you ask, I bet, you know, because the the surf world is arguably healthier than it's ever been. Yeah. Um, but it's also as far as, and you guys probably could tell me more than what I know, but budgets are weird. It's Ooh. very... Top heavy. Yeah. And right? it's not it's not in a good spot. You got your John Johns and a handful of other dudes, and then you got guys that are just absolutely fortunate to make twenty grand a year. You know, and yeah. so it's really tough to carve out a career. I think. Um, that being said, you have every single Grom and their mom and dad on the beach training like they're Julian Wilson and homeschooled. They're, they're being sculpted into this pro surfer. You know, so homeschooling. There's, there's so many amazing athletes coming up. So you have this huge supply 
of athletes coming up. And, and then you have companies like, ah, uh, yeah, we're just going to take that one kid. Sorry. Yeah. And so it is a new, it's a pretty crazy thing. Like what's going to happen? There's going to be a lot of really amazing surfers that I don't know if they'll have a, a career yeah. path. We'll see. Yeah. What's kind of, you know, when, when you ask that question, it's like, how hard is it to become a, a pro surfer in this day and age? This day and age? It depends on what kind of sur- pro surfer you're talking about. Yeah. Right? Because we... We I talk mean, about the jock surfer, the cool guy surfer. No, 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 no. I'm talking surfer. about the making of making a living out of pro surfing, uh, right? Yeah. Because with with uh, Instagram and vlogs, like there's a handful or more surfers in this world that are making fucking money. A yeah. lot of money. Yeah. You a can, lot of money. You got to be a self promoter, self marketing, which is a whole another right. entity of. And I love it. Like I, yeah. I think it's insane. I, I, I commend these people for finding a niche and being creative and being a personality. Mm-hmm. You know, like Ben Gravy, right? Yeah. Kalani Rob. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like these guys are are making a, you know, hopefully they're making a good living, and I think they are. Mm-hmm. But you know, they have millions and millions of followers on Instagram, and it's like it's cool. We're in this space in this world, mm-hmm. you know. Like, yes, it's the, it's gone backwards in some instances, but it's elevated and, and in in lime in the limelight. And some people are still doing well, doing different things. Yeah, you know, it's. Crazy. I just look at I just look at like the surfing pyramid, and you know, every company, legitimate big company, would have their marquee oh, yeah. surfer or two or three. Yeah, and then you'd have. The kind of second tier where maybe they're not tour surfers, but they rip, they had good style, maybe they're more regional, maybe they're domestic, you know, or they had their niche big weight, you know. Yeah. And then you had a third level, which is more like affiliated with like local surf shop, yeah. Yeah. maybe, you know, like there's, it's, I, I just, I don't see it's a great the t- brands investing in that kind of like, yeah, I agree. Second, I, third tier. That's what we experienced, right? Yeah. But now that that's shrunk. Yeah. Like guys yeah. were like, hey, I didn't make a lot, but there was a domestic surf tour, like right. pro-ams. I could make some money. I was getting photo incentive. You know, there was all these little things. I think things. there still is that structure, but it's tiny. Right? Tiny. Yeah. 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 But so I think, I think so, you know, you said surfing is a, uh, alive and well, probably in the best shape it's been in a long time. Right. Yeah. And it, and it feels like it's getting better and better some somehow, you know, mm-hmm. like the, the future. Okay. We, we talk about this a lot. West coast board riders clubs. Yeah. Right. Which are you familiar with that? No, bro. So, so Australia has had their board riders clubs for forever, you yeah. know, and it's kind of like they didn't have the infrastructure with us, with the NSSAs and right. the, the, the amateur and they, they would be more club battles and, you know, um, so they're bringing that back. Well, it's it's here now. Yeah, and it's Clubs. huge. And it's bridging the gap from that aspiring 10, 12-year-old, maybe that 15-year-old that is sponsored, to the 20s that are pros, to the 30s that are has-beens, to the 40s that are way has-beens, to the 50s <laughs> that we all looked up, you know, right. like, so it brings in so the generations yeah. from... So Casey... to a club. Yeah. Casey Wheat and, awesome. and Ziggy started West Coast Board Riders Club, right? They have a brand called Sporta Kings and they started a club thing, right? Yeah. And at first it was just going to be Huntington Beach Board Riders Club. Yeah. And they were going to have different like surf spots in Huntington that would okay. be 
competing against each other. Right. But it quickly turned into, oh, Seal Beach now has a board riders club. And then St. Clemente has a board riders club. And then New, every, Newport, every town. Right. All of a sudden it just Newport, went Newport, Laguna, Dana, right. yeah, St. Clemente, so, Antonitas, right. Carlsbad. So it's you, it's, it's you, Rob Machado, Taylor Knox, uh, Matt Archibald, Chris Ward, those guys Rufo, are surfing in Rapogel. the yeah, board riders so cool, clubs yeah. along with the Groms, Jay Larson. <clears throat> yeah. And along with the high school, it's yeah. fucking. This is insane. always this is an old conversation, right? It's always, and I think this has even been tried a couple times. Yeah. Well, like, Gerlach, the girl like tried to get yes. game. Right. Yeah. And it's uh, it's such a shame that it's never caught on, and I hope it does this time. Yeah. yeah. The one thing I will say that somehow, it, maybe it's cemented in Australia, but they have actual clubs, right? Yeah. They have their board riders club. It's like actually a destination. Club. It's yeah. Like a building, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think that might be something to look into for this, like. Because yeah. it's just like a zone to go to, and then well, there's all the plaques. It's a place to eat dinner. Like, yeah. Australia is awesome like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and they and they built that you know from the ground up way back when. And, right. And here it's, they're they're, the 50s, they're they're tying it in 40s. to more like retailers. And ours are at a lake park, and there's a like community center. Right. So there we are go. using like community centers and like uh, local shops that they're partnering up with. But it's it's, it's gotten, getting there. Baby steps. It's yeah. gotten um way more legitimate and organized yeah. and you know the the guy I we just found out today Don Meek Don Meek the yeah. guy that started the US Open of surfing oh, cool. is now heading up All right. West Coast Port and he, awesome. he comes from a media background and works for some of the big he networks and ticket. stuff so it's just good they're getting the right people in and Baby steps are not running. They're not trying to get this like girl. I think ran too quick yeah. and wanted to get it in the Olympics and in in televised and this right. and that. Um, and then, which was, I mean, it was a great event and great concept. It was just. And now the East Coast is doing East yeah. Coast oh, Board cool. Riders Club. That's so cool. up and down the uh, the right coast. But, but being able to utilize, you know, that generation gap in your peers and those elders. Oh yeah. And then yeah. that the just the message. The, the the education the, the like feedback the community, That's healthy the community that levels. you could get yeah. to that like that, that youth and help you know because oh, hey. there's there's a lot of rich parents out there that you said are or putting a lot of coaching and paying yeah. a lot of top dollar so this is going to really help those that don't have that kind of fund and backing Ross, Ross and they're part of a bigger thing than just themselves yeah. so Ross it's a real the, camaraderie deal Ross cool. the cat is going to go back home and start. North Shore Board Riders Club. It's been done. Yeah. They, they did. So there's a kind of a rivalry between all the shores in, in, on, on Oahu, right? There's the South Shore and North Shore. That's like kind of the classic and one. Yeah, and East and West a little bit. But um, yeah, and they've had club events. Yeah. But yeah, somehow it just doesn't stick. But Australia has that history. Where, yeah. Do you guys mind if we press pause? I'm going to use it. Yes. Go no pee. problem. Pee pause. And, pee. and put my laundry beer, in the dryer. Beer, beer break. And we're back. <laughs> Hi. Where are we Thanks at? Thanks for your sponsor. Thing. I don't know. <laughs> magazines? Magazines, no. Um, no we're no we were talking about... Um, are you foiling? No. No. Haven't, I, haven't like, picked it up? I'm like this guy over here. I have a bad back, so foiling is mm. like a big no-no. But I tried it once. <clears throat> um, it's going to sound name-droppy, but Kai Lenny was on the beach, and he's like, okay, let's try it. I'm like, all right. And it was his fancy foil. It was like three foot eight or whatever. It looked like a freaking disc. And it had like a bigger foil on it, right? So it had like a lot of lift. And we were at this little wave that was like this reform. So it was really trophy. So it was like the ultimate setup for disaster. 
and I tried my freaking heart out for like 40 minutes and fell the whole time. Oh. And you know when you fall on those things, like the foil comes out your face? Yeah. It's just yeah. so gnarly. I, I was wearing a spring suit. And my suit was torn up. It looked like I got in a fight with like a tiger. It was gnarly. Wow. I was, like, I was like, here you go. Here's your foil back. I'm yeah. not doing that ever again. But truth be told, it looks fun, and I want to do it again. But yeah. it's been yeah. hard with my injury. I will soon in the future. Yeah. Once my back lets I, me. I don't know if I'm, I I'm in the same boat. Like, if I'm going to hurt myself, I'm at least trying to do it surfing and not something else. Yeah. And... You I don't have allowance, right? You have to spend I, I, it wisely. I don't have three thousand dollars to just go buy one, you know? Yeah. Like, or you oh, know, they're freaking expensive. Yeah, aren't they? super expensive. Yeah, they're they're not. It's not. It's like wakeboarding. I saw Shane Beshin this morning in the lobby, and he was he's like all it's all the dudes our age, and he's like, dude, have you tried foiling yet? And he like his eyes got super big, <laughs> and he talked to me about foiling in the lobby for like twenty minutes straight, and he was like a fucking. 10-year-old grommet. He was That's awesome. Like, but, I mean, you're, you know, to stay psyched and stay motivated to get out in the water, I mean, fudge, I'll do, I'll do anything. Hey, you know? I, I'm not a hater. I love no, it. And I'm it, not a hater. The cool thing about, even supping, when supping got popular yeah. 10 years ago, it's the cool thing about foiling is you can look at two-foot shit waves that aren't breaking and you're psyched. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. more power to you. Yeah. Because, you know, surfing is, you need all these perfect conditions to, to have fun. And we're far from anything of that nature here. Yeah, some good foiling conditions. I just need it to have something. Yeah, this guy thinks it's going. It's two foot. Yeah, it's two foot. He doesn't even smoke weed. (laughs) You're psyched. And he's like the guys that (laughs) smoke weed and said it's six foot when it's really two foot. It's this guy, bro, dude, (laughs) dude, bro. No, he's he's an ultimate grom too. Yeah. yeah. All we need is a little bit of waves and ping pong. Yeah. We don't play ping pong Um, nearly enough. So have you have you done? the surf ranch, you surfed the wave. Yes. Um, Late night has not. Yeah, I have not. Go, dude. I, well, yeah. I invited him, but then he had to go to Hawaii on a family trip. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, now there's like. I just can't afford that place. There's a lot either. of industry days too, right? Yeah. Like, does Rika oh. have a day? Oh, Pat. Or? Pat would take his, you know, his entourage, but right. I get. I'm not in that circle. Scoop the wheel against yeah. the oil. Dude, I got to slurp. I got to freaking get on that guy, dude. Come on, PM. Hook a brother up. I'm a hey, lifey, yeah, bro. Kelly sort of lost you know, a bit of control with that because he it's WCL. WCLs, yeah. And it's occupied. Like they're, and they're making they're make money. Dude. Yeah. yeah. So, like I told you, I work for Outer Known. We've had two days where I get to invite retailers and it's killer. It's like, it's a huge. Sick, yeah company perk right right? but um since then some of the shops have uh gotten the ties and they've uh rented it out themselves Mm. so yeah yeah i mean you've surfed it a couple times yeah i went when it first opened so uh how many years ago is that now like three years ago or so yeah um and so is the original pool because it's like it's quite a bit better now but so change uh, the bottom contour and stuff when it was just a right it feels pretty similar still mm. as far as the the shape of the wave but it used to be just a right and the pool the shape of the pool is different so it that's like, how close he is to kelly <laughs> i got to go yeah <laughs> it was because <laughs> i had to beg him i had to beg him he, bro, it wasn't like he was like you know calling me every day like hey you gotta come to the pool i like you know I definitely but Kalani and benji are on speed dial and you have to freaking Ross, run, bro. How, how many it's people tough, do you yeah. think kelly that, has a lot of friends how yeah. many people do you think got to surf that original pool less than 
Less than 20? I don't know. Probably kind of a lot. No Because it was... They didn't change it for a while, right? But the, Yeah, but I don't uh, think hardly anybody got to surf it. It used to be... Um, hi. Pause it. <laughs> no. All right. It's all good. What's up, girls? Jay Lars family just rolled in. <laughs> the beautiful um, Farrell Larson. No. And the kind of pretty Lily Larson. Whoa. <laughs> wow. You're going to get a punch in the back of the head. <laughs> She'll I know. Really did. Um, but yeah, yeah so I the, mean. The pool used to be um, have steep banks. Right? The edges of the pool were steep. So it would take 15 minutes for the, all the backwash the water and sidewash to, to, yeah. to calm down. Yeah. So that was a big negative. And it was only. <clears throat> That's right. Well, you were talking when I came in, so. Oh, she's on restriction. <laughs> give me, give me your phone. Go to your room. Oh wait, you do that anyways. You're a teenager. This actually adds to the. It makes it better. <laughs> totally. This is how we roll. This is a family business. Yeah. Hi. This is my manager over there. She takes half of everything. <laughs> or wait, no, I get half of yours, right? It's good, babe. I got a, I got a margarita in there for you. Her half is bigger. That's for sure, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. So the, wa- it, the wave was incredible but they had to work tweak some stuff on the pool it was it was one long barrel right so it is a little more shreddable now it's like a little more surfable yeah um but it was really fun but it was also difficult to surf um it took 10 15 minutes for the pool to calm down that's crazy so it was like um a lot of pressure to capitalize on your wave um it was fun because you had the peanut gallery you know your friends standing on the side talking trash and um, who was there? And if you, you fell, you had to wait another hour for a wave. Uh, I mean, so it was like gnarly pressure. Who, and who was there? Because uh, people did, probably didn't uh, finish a wave. People Barrel. probably didn't like stagger. The... No, we did. Oh, you did. Oh, yeah, we were like the originators of that. Yeah, we, okay. we all started that. So it was like, our, you know, whatever Kelly was. Kelly had like all these. Um, you said at piling twenty six. You yeah. said it like yeah. At this point, he was already surfing it for months, right? So, yeah. but I went there with. Um, a handful of people, uh, but it was like uh, me and Jack Johnson flew from Hawaii, and we like rushed over there and then drove the two hours to the pool. Um, caught two waves. Yeah, literally. <laughs> well, we were there for like three days, so I oh, caught cool. like twenty waves. Three total, but... days. <laughs> hey, I, see I how close hear... he is. I don't even want to hear. See how close he is to you, Kelly. You've been there so many times. <laughs> Just because you work for his brand. Um, I've got I got twenty waves in one day. Petey Johnson was there with his with his kid Thatcher, and that's awesome. They caught a lot of waves. We'll just say that. Um, Akila Ipa stayed there for like a week. He definitely outstayed his welcome. Are you he, he, freaking he caught, kidding me? He caught but it a was just waves. a right. Yeah, back then. And Akila was so and still is so like in a trance because if you guys know Akila, a head high barreling right Perfect is like. Friend. A wet dream for him, yeah. right? So he just like he couldn't even. He was like a chronic. He was like in the bushes, like oh, is it my turn yet? Um, ankles. ankles. Everybody yeah. that I talk to is like, how do I get back? Yeah. How do we make yeah. this happen again? It's so fun. It's... I mean, now and so. Um... Sorry, dude. It's on vibrate. Still. Is it? Yeah. I think it... it's on vibrate. Vibrate. No, my phone's broken. Oh, it is. There you go. Anyways, Larson's broken though. Late night's broken. Um. It's much better now, the pool. They, oh, because they built gosh. all those little channels and yes, boats and yes. everything, so it, it calms down in 90 Have you surfed it since? Yeah, I, I um, went there with John at the beginning of this year to train with him um, for two days, and he, you know, I was just there 
working, um, not surfing. I didn't bring a board or nothing, but um, he had the pool to himself pretty much. So oh whenever he got tired, God. me and Brandon Wasserman and, and his filmer, Eric uh, Knudsen, would jump in the water. And so I caught a shit ton of waves. It was really wow. fun. Yeah, we all did. Um, it's a modern they give, marvel. They give really the yeah. um, tour guys a, a couple days. Like, they do. Correct, right? They got to schedule it out and they give everybody the they, opportunity. They allot out like you know, a chunk of time for a handful of surfers from the, that are on tour to yeah. train for the event. You know, yeah. Ross, um, I'm pretty handy with stuff. Like I can carry stuff. Uh, uh, Jay, uh, yeah. late night, can carry stuff too. No, I'd be your bodyguard. So, so if you need He'd be a good extra help, yeah, I'd kill anybody for it. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you ever need extra help, you know when you go to Lemoore, like I will uh, say, just let us know. I, yeah. I will say, it is an absolute <clears throat> game changer for coaching because yeah. I mean, you can imagine when you're trying to coach John, it's it's you're you're really splitting hairs because he's obviously already the best surfer in the world, so it's. It's not like you're going to say, hey, dude, bottom turn like this, right? It's got to be something pretty specific. and um, But that's my favorite thing to do yeah. is to really, you know, uh, dial it in. And, yeah. and tr- the things that I think he can get better at, we were really able to be more deliberate at the pool. So he'd surf the wave. I'd follow him on a jet ski. That's I'd wild. film him with my freaking phone. Wild. He would jump on the sled with me. We'd watch it back, talk about it make any changes we wanted to change and then he'd surf back on the left and do it over we did that for 48 hours and it was by far the biggest game changer i've ever experienced with coaching you could see you could see the progress and you could see those corrections they made for him yeah right like because for for a coach you're like you know typically you're Mm -hmm. on the beach or you know if you're a full-time coach with a surfer you have time but typically it's like there's so many vague things and nuances that you can't control and you're just hoping you can kind of work on something Um, but you're always subjected to the ocean cooperating and stuff like that so with a pool and that that whole man-made atmosphere it was like it was like felt like a ball and bat sport where it's like okay we're i'm actually coaching here and we're we're actually working today and uh, and we're communicating and we're getting shit done and that was what i feel like part of the reason that put him in such a good rhythm this year with all those back-to-back wins yeah yeah um, does yeah. it does I mean with social media and how like everybody's got an opinion because they're so tough behind the buttons um <laughs> you know he's he gets John gets praised almost at every venue he shows up to you know whether it's big Barrowland to Brazil beach breaks to like you name it the freaking he's a people's best. champ he's a yeah but he did get some flack you know verbal you know on social media from people that said oh he couldn't hack the pool at the mm. you know the surfers cup or whatever they call founders it founders cup founders cup sorry mm. did, did 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 that inspire him to like did it bother him did it inspire him to like hey maybe i, I wasn't my best or maybe guys were mm. you know better did he does he talk about that um or he's just like it's just another day i'm going to go out there and I will, get better i will say you know, John has a lot of strengths, but yeah. uh, I would say his biggest strength is um, his humility. So, meaning um, he doesn't mind looking in the mirror. Yeah. He doesn't mind looking at his weaknesses. Um, and that's why, he, you know, he hired me and, and, and really tries to get better and is a world champion because those are the guys that, like, go, okay, fuck, yeah. I, sh- I probably need to work on this. And, so for smaller waves and um, or even a pool like it's those little constricted areas. You know, yeah. John's six foot three, one hundred eighty pounds. Yeah. So it's like 
you know, um, that's not an excuse, but it takes a different approach. Yeah. And he has evolved. He's gotten better. Um, but huh. he, he definitely takes a look at his weaknesses. And, yeah. Um, I mean, the way he was, we were, he was tr- um, practicing at the pool, uh, he could win that contest. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, he did get better. Yeah. What's a that's trip cool. is... Uh... I mean, that's why I just... It's just like I said. You. He's you, not. He's not afraid to look at any weaknesses. You watch. Either. You watch it. You know, and you hear. And and you know, of course, a couple guys really shine there, like Philippe, who's incredible and just I, 145 pounds and a lightning bolt. It's yeah. like that was. That's a perfect way made for that human or okay. Kelly or somebody, you know. But big guys, won, right? Gabriel and Gabriel. Yeah. Gabriel's a machine. And he, he's crazy. He's so, consistent. He has a wide stance, so he plants those weird maneuvers. And he stuff never falls. He's, so the, the, he's the, rarely. The, he's funny thing, the funny thing, I think, with with John John there, <clears throat> it felt like he was a deer in the headlights um, at that event. At the pool? Yeah. It felt like, oh. it looked like, oh shit, like he's cracking under pressure. This was the such founder a stuff, like the experimental one. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't was, there, so I, it was like a I, I different, don't know how the vibe um, was. It was a different venue, obviously, yeah. right? With yeah. five to 7,000 people mm-hmm. with uh, a Jumbotron, mm-hmm. you know, playing. Because I went to that. I, I, I watched it, mm-hmm. and, and it seemed like, you know, some people, like, rose to the occasion. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, the, the bigger, mm-hmm. not, the, not the bigger personality, just, like, the more, like, I, I'm gonna do my best right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. But even in Julian front, didn't. I mean, you you look at the Julian did that best era of the event though. Didn't he? Yeah, so but sweet. you know, you look at the, you know, out of the top thirty-two. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's less than your fingers that are really exceptional. I mean, like yeah. beyond mm. exceptional. Jordy. There's there's a handful, right. and you know it just it's just one of those and it just goes to show like that wave is so perfect not that i have experience but just watching it and it's still tough you yeah like i still ha- i still have I've experience <laughs> i did go so i looked at him i was like oh, I, 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 I did go to the uh the miyazaki and some other <laughs> hey, one in japan that one holds water that one's pretty good yeah, yeah. and i i've done the that's uh, gone. i've done no. the two in texas you know you the, texas the austin yet? which is like I heard that one's sick. Monster, yeah. it's that looks the, really fun. Well, the Waco one is sick. The, oh, the oh. wedge. The oh, you went to the, the Austin. It's like he's one of Slater's, but it's like Burger King. Yeah, Burger King. Yeah, let's <laughs> just say I was way. riding like thirty-five liters and still sinking. Hey, not to change the subject, but how lucky are we? Because they're building like a hundred of these things everywhere. Yeah, Dude. two two are going up in Kalani and uh, uh, desert. Yeah. yeah, desert right here. Kalani and Shane Magnus. Magnuson, right? They're, yes. they're doing one. I, I gonna... heard they're, they're doing another one now, right? Yeah. Josh Kerr, uh, Josh Kerr yeah. and the Hobgins are part of it. It's crazy. One. So it's going to be not so like, you know, it'll be Missed more common. I just hope yeah, it brings down the costs, you know, <laughs> because now they get they could just capitalize. Well, yeah. we're the only game in town. Right. You know, so we're going to charge here. If there's a bunch, well, they're going to be like working for business. When we were talking about the wave pool in the contest, and I, there's another podcast that I was listening to, and they're saying how... Wave pools aren't going to change surfing. And to me, it's like... Too late for that. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, the the progression of surfing, I yeah. mean, it, it's hard to fathom, like, what people yeah. are going to be yeah. Well, just that, that stab high, that the technical errors, and what they just... Hey. What those guys are doing on waves is Sierra, it's mind-blowing yeah. uh, uh josh kerr's daughter mm-hmm. yeah. learned how to do a reverse yeah in in a matter of like yeah days 
or sessions. Waves or yeah, session. that wave's gnarly. I haven't been there yet, but that looks like the easiest wave in the yeah. world to do an aerial. The yeah. stuff that they're which doing, which is a compliment. You know, it's just like a yeah. perfect little ramp. And and you know, like you know, like you said, there's going to be just too too pools. late for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we could maybe do an air. Yeah, I. I did a couple there. Did I do a boys trip there? Yeah. Like, oh. Wait, did you go to? Like, I went to Benji's. I went to Benji's deal. Oh, okay. It was epic. Did you pop an air? I did. I. Uh, <laughs> That's I awesome. did credit card. I did credit card. I did two. Me and Lardog weren't known for our airs. I did a few, but yeah, I mean, not not <laughs> like some of these guys. Lay back. Oh, who one. impressed you out of the old dudes? Oh no no no! There was. It, I mean, did Benji pop an air? No. He was good in the air back in the day. Oh. He was. Yeah, he was really good yeah. at airs. Uh, Jin Bank, JJ Banks got a couple. Like, JJ Banks, yeah, uh, that's awesome. Uh, Saxon, Saxon did it. was pretty much Freddie and and Kalani were still on the show. I mean, Kalani is because he lived there and he surfed a thousand a times, you know. And then Freddie, Freddie was wrong. ripping, but um, Freddie P. Yeah, but it was it was tough yeah. because he's a lot we, younger than we you were guys. with a lot of guys. Right, and not it, and there was only like five of us that wanted the airwave, and there was only one. You know, it's the least consistent oh, like wave. So we did it for. I got three waves. I see. First one mistimed it. Couldn't even too too late. Like you know, I couldn't even get there because it, right. it popped up so quick. Nobody told me like right. you know, hey, it's do technical. this, do this, right. and then you know the timing was really technical. And then the second one. I missed a grab where I couldn't land. Third one, I landed perfect and my back foot slipped off. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, the third one's money. I was like, what? It looks like, and Kelly's pool's like this as well. And so, like, for all the accolades and how much fun and the buzz and, and everything around wave pools, they're freaking hard to surf. Yeah. I, mean, I, I haven't been to Waco, but I know that one's pretty technical, they're, too. I know it's like a weird, trippy little takeoff, right? You hop to your feet. Yep. And um, Kelly's pool, what makes that wave so challenging? You went there. It's like the transition is so square. Yeah. So you have this zone that you can surf in. Over here in the shoulder, you lose speed really fast, so it's off-putting. Yeah. The and money. Is where it. the power is, it's so square, and you can catch an edge in a half a second. So it's did, extremely technical. It's not. Did you surf CT one? Did they surf CT one or CT two the whole time? I don't even think we, they had that. Right we now. did. The when I went with John, yeah, the oh, time we yeah. did two a lot, yeah, which is a mushier, taller one, which I really liked. Um, and it was CT more one is the barely one, yeah, yeah. CT two is the next right. barely one, but CT3 it's got more coping, it's got more, more ripping. Here's the funny thing about the first time we went, right? There was no CT one and CT two. I just learned that myself when we went there earlier this year, but and originally it was just percentages, right? So you obviously go from whatever to 100%, 100% is CT one, I think. Or maybe they might even dial that down to like 95% or something. But that's pretty much full on where it's like more hollow and fast. Yeah. yeah. But we found that like 80%, 85%, like all these percentages back in the day. Because we would just tell the guy, the engineer in, in the hut, like, hey, make it like 85%. And he oh, would dial funny. it up. And it was, it had those little variances in each percentage. It was kind of cool. But How now funny. they just only give you two options on a menu. It's like CT1, yeah. CT2. But CT2 is really fun. It's a little slower. Yeah. It's taller. And there's a little the more I'm the CT3 on. guy. Oh, that's like the baby one. Right? Yeah. No, no, no. There's there's three that they have. Isn't CT the... one, CT one is the the most barely. Right. CT two is what they use at the Founders Cup, I think, and then CT three is the one that you could do more turns on yeah. with oh, the barrels. Okay. Yeah, you want to be able to like. You still can. You still can get two brides, but right. 
but not as long as right, right. CT2. I like it when it's taller and mushier. It's a little, yeah. a little more surfable. It feels it's more like the ocean. It's exciting. I hope they could combine like a couple of these technologies or the Waco one. It's like surfing Newport 54th Street, like a, just a little quick shore break. Like, you know, just boom, 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 it's over. Right. You're like, if they could do this on a, a scale Longer. like two or three times the size, yeah, it would be insane. What makes that wave to me look so much more surfable as far as that air section is you got something coming at you yeah kelly's is just a freight train it's running you're around. chasing it yeah. the whole it's super technical yeah i think if you can somehow implement both those technologies together yeah. i know it probably costs five bajillion dollars but they'll figure at it the out and the kelly's wave imagine if they had a wedge coming at you oh my it's gonna God. happen it'd just be a big air section or a huge lardog yeah. layback yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, i only got it from watching the best <laughs> Richard, yeah, you, Richard you, Cram's cars and Ross is like, you know, yeah. just cat like freaking snappy. Cram had that cool hit. Yeah. Chance, yeah no. Just freaking just. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I, I was like, you know, I just, how fast and hard can I go? Yeah. Almost too much. Slide out too before much. you even You don't get, have to push so hard, yeah. bro. I'm like, that's just the way I'm built. <laughs> yeah. It's Explode. Fun. Um, what was your like favorite I think we talked about this favorite destination like around the world. Like, is it Tavarua or Tahiti or Indo or hard to beat Tavarua? Bay? Like, Bay sentimentally because I just like the the wave is amazing. Um, Culture, being able to go feed giraffes and monkeys and lions and yeah, great whites. Just great whites is stressful. They, but that adds I, to it. But remember, it. Was, I mean, there was. Were you there? Were you announcing it? Yeah. Fuck, that's yeah. right. Were. No, I wasn't announcing uh, in the booth, but I was doing a sideline hit. So they went to me and uh, Todd Klein on a desk for like a freaking update right right when Mick was getting attacked. It was next level. That was but so nice. We were we, supposed to like be professional. It was so like distracting. When, it was when you went to J-Bay, they said, yeah, there's sharks, but nobody ever gets attacked here at J-Bay. <laughs> it's always down in Port Elizabeth or whatever up, you know. Yeah. And I mean, we are always there going and filming. We try to film at J-Bay, but we go to these like nooks and crannies up and down the coast because yeah. there's other good waves. And people are like, yeah, you're not really supposed to surf that area, but yeah. we are just like naive and dumb yeah. anyways. Like yeah. dark, sandy, black sand beach. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, especially like Reunion Island. Yeah. We did a lot of trips there and it would be like, I yeah. can't believe we never got bit. Yeah. No. Like, we were like, I don't even know, like an hour away, like in Durban. And I think I, I actually think went on we a surf got, trip. Or, well, the lifeguards I wanted to with like, you, give us fines there. and arrest us and like give us fines at one spot. In Reunion? Yeah, uh, no, it, uh, in like an hour like south of Durban or whatever. Oh, Past yeah, Cave yeah. Rock, another, anyways. That, that wave and that Billabong, um, Aki was riding that wave and he was going, um, he always put his... Remember that one oh, section? Point? Was it Reunion Island when he was riding that left and he oh, yeah, kept yeah, going yeah. like yeah. this? St. Louis, yeah. God, and that yeah. was sharky? We had an event super there for a couple sharky. years. Yeah. Yeah. CT there. Yeah. Yeah, that, the, you can't even surf there now. It's changed, I think, from when we were there. It's like gotten worse. Like They have a problem with bull sharks. That's I so think. crazy. Yeah. So they, they've turned in that whole coastline into a sanctuary. And I think the fish population has blown up, and so the bull sharks are just fucking it. They they, they allow it every like a when the waves are good, and they have to have x amount of water patrol and jet skis and stuff and lookouts, and they they'll allow it every once in a while, but it's got to be like, right at, at reunion. So they'll open it again. Up. Yeah. Right. Like. The, but we were surfing all over the place, and they're like, uh, nobody. Do you remember the name of that right we surfed that was like Haliva next to the jetty? Dude, amazing. 
That's such a I good don't wave. even know. Like, I don't know, but I had we a few waves there. That was such a good wave. We, we used to film there a lot with Taylor. Yeah. I have a few waves in some of the movies, and that was there, and it was, it was like Hall Eva. Eva. Yeah. yeah. So strong, right? Like, yeah. powerful wave. barrel, like. But shark fucking infested. Yeah. I was there. And sea urchins. Crazy. Remember, we couldn't even get in and out without getting, yeah. like, dozen sea urchins on you. Yeah. I was there when you guys filmed Loose Change in Bali. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was fucking so fun. So many yeah. good waves. I, I got Bali. hurt there too. You always get hurt everywhere, dude. <laughs> yeah. I got hurt at the ranch twice. Yeah. It's easy Stitches. to get hurt there. I broke yeah. a board there. I broke Michael Schwab's board. I like took his board out of the locker. Charles Schwab's son? Yeah. <laughs> I had to write him a note. I stuck a, a sticky note on his board. I owe you. So I'm sorry, buddy, but I know you can afford a new one. <laughs> he, Kelly will hook you up. Yeah. Put it on Kelly's account. Yeah. Yeah, I actually uh, texted him because Kelly gave me his number and I said, I'm so sorry I broke your board. Let me know. I'll get you a new one. And he's like, don't worry about it, bro. He was really cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Oops, happens. Um, so what's what's next for, for Ross? Are you going to continue? I mean, John John, unfortunately, got hurt. Same knee, right? Same everything. Yeah. So now it... That was the weirdest fucking like injury, right? Well, Basically it, cutting out of the wave oh the act of you know, what happened yeah he he was it was at that um jetty bouncy right yeah, yeah. sakurama sakurama yeah it's like this really strong wave really strong um and it has a bounce off the jetty and then it has backwash and then the, the wave itself was that day was like a solid wave so he pivoted did this like gnarly bomb turn and then got to the section and was like whoa this is it was like a big closeout he was there a little too late so he you know ejected and it was yeah. that like tension from pivoting really hard to like releasing i think <sighs> it snapped his his knee but um yeah he'll be good he got uh warren kramer did his his surgery and he was like super I think kramer did my knee too he was he was pretty excited thinking uh, he was really happy with the surgery so he'll, he'll be back he's already ahead of the game he's got he's been paddling he's, he's been putting full weight on it walking around and it's early days, so yeah, he he should be good to go. The the recovery time these days with the modern medicine and yeah. you know PT, yeah, it's freaking phenomenal. Yeah, I can't believe it. So keep did, learning with with better and better. with um, you with, were talking about platelets, earlier. right? Right. Yeah, I'm sure he could afford all the fancy <laughs> treatments. He put something on his Instagram stories. It was kind of cool. I don't know if you guys saw it. It was like this electrified thing to, to help promote growth. Um, healing or growth in his knee but it like it looked like something out of um a science fiction movie it literally had like these elect electric bolts shooting out of the top of the contraption and something was like charging yeah. what yeah i i didn't go there in person and see the contraption but it looked pretty odd it well wow. everything's vibrations and, and laser it's light and vibrate it's get it's, shit moving yeah, yeah sound it's, it's, waves yeah. or i mean electricity yeah it's it's definitely interesting but how does that affect your livelihood not having him and being a service for the year is it is it um put on ice a bit but yeah. um we're good to go we'll um you know stay connected and we'll we'll start working when, as soon as he's healthy so that's cool that's the plan 2020 yeah. we'll get and things in kicking. the meantime trying to pick up more commentating gigs in between and just a little bit i'm gonna yeah. do this one i'm gonna do tahiti yeah um awesome. which Sick. is i'm excited about yeah um i'll do the triple crown cool. um and uh that's a lot I'm Can starting to coach a little more too. I'm being picking up more, uh, a little more. Would uh, you be able there. to get us some uh, VIP passes for <laughs> for where for Tahiti for wherever Tahiti? Yeah, for Huntington. <laughs> you just go sit in the channel. It's the best <laughs> VIP ever. Yeah, you don't need a VIP. <laughs> no, there. for Huntington where we live. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this place is locked down. It's so bad. 
Um, well, that's that's. I mean, that's that's cool, man. You 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 got some other talents you're gonna kind of help. Oh, are you gonna start after? coaching other people, or I have been. Yeah, the last. Uh, Who else are you uh, coaching? A couple years. Uh, a couple of amateurs, um, and then I've been coaching this young uh, pro from Hawaii. His name's Wyatt McHale. Um, he's uh, just turned 18. He's awesome, really cool kid, uh, and he lives near me. But um, he rides for bands. He's here this week, but he Sick. he's going through a little bit of a knee injury right now. But um, so I coach him. Uh, just started coaching this girl um, Betty Lou Johnson. Who she's won lowers a couple times now. Nice. She's same age as my daughter. She's uh, I think she just turned fourteen. Dang. But she's like potentially the next Carissa Moore. She's really gnarly. She's goofy irregular. She's regular foot. She's a little hammer. She's super strong. She did gymnastics when she was younger, so she's just got these kind of like muscular legs. legs and, and great balance and center yeah. of energy. Low Good center gravity. Natural like Lennon did uh natural talent. Didn't, didn't she do a balance bar or like what are those rings or something? Uh, I, I did parallel bars. I was parallel CIF bars. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah. Still got still yes, got yes, yes, yeah, yeah, I have those. Yeah. <laughs> you also played the accordion in your barn. Oh <laughs> yeah. Well that's actually cool. For twelve years, bro. Yeah. My mom made Accordion. Me accordion. You know yeah. I like that. Not sick. I I think there's a I hit it from Accordion. society. Yeah. Uh huh. Buttons on this side, keyboard on this side. <laughs> and you're doing this. Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't have a monkey. It's kind of hipster. I, I didn't have a monkey. Like you could totally bring it back and make it cool again. One hundred percent. The I show's not it. about me. I would yeah. claim that if I were you. Yeah. Can we bring? You should make it a part, like a yeah. thing. No. Like yeah. That should be like, your opener. Yeah. You playing that? Hey, hey Roscoe. No. <laughs> I think you have to do that. Uh, Someday, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun um all right well i think i mean i don't know this what else. has been amazing yeah i never want to close it out but i know i always I try to that, like wrap uh, it up. ross is a professional uh commentator a lot of talking yeah he's tired of talking and uh but yeah. hey, he needs to know, go 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 gargle some like lemon uh, water and honey and stuff to get those uh is there vocals? anything that you want to promote or like, yeah not that you know, we have a billion Your sponsors. No. Yeah. I'm I'm about to sign a contract with Outer Known and yeah! I just made the deal with Lar Dog. Totally. Hey, you're on my flow team for life, bro. Right? You're thirty two um, medium, so I'm right? Excited about that. Yeah, I'm thirty two. You're, you're gonna squeeze in thirty two. Exactly. Um no, I, I feel um I feel honored that you guys even wanna uh, oh, are you kidding me? Goat like me, it's, you're, you're, it's fun for me. I you've been it. on your hit, our hit list, and I mean, we go through and we're like, I mean, there's a lot of interesting people like yourselves and and, and a good friend, and I mean, you, I mean, people want to hear your story, shit, man. Oh, I, I mean, that, they they hear you the, are, uh, yeah. People want. I mean, I personally, I'm a big fan. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of our friends, circle of friends, are big fans. I um, appreciate that. You've you've accomplished a lot in your surfing career. Yeah, you're still fucking you know in the, in line the limelight, light. and you're genuine. You mean you're genuinely a cool dude, cool cat, <laughs> right, Ross? Let's, cat. let's just keep this going. You know, I'm getting showered and no, this right is now. this has been amazing. this is how we end it. You know, you're like, you're, uh, you're a, a, a hell of a lot of hey. If you ever want to do a podcast, we'll do cat and chalky show. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, I just had a dog like that. Whoa. <laughs> well, hey, he's momentum generation. You're like 
Yeah, Mardog is a momentum generation. Yeah. No, nobody in the industry even knows who you are except know, some guy who works at Service Sport. Like, <laughs> we've got more in common here. I'll go there with him. Yeah. yeah. I can't I'll one-up one up you, bro. Program. All right, all right, all right. I backed out. I backed out. Well, but this show is not about yeah. late night. Yeah. This show is about Ross, yeah. Kat, yeah. Willie. <laughs> Ross, this is my best friend. Like, no, no, like, if you didn't know, like, we... Anyways, there's a lot of history here. Right. Yeah, I was best man at his wedding, and it's okay yeah. to needle each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this, this is what <laughs> people people like. They understand that we jab each other, and it's all in fun like and it. humor. Yeah, it's everyone a tells us to, us to, to, on to do it more. Do it more. It's like I don't think we can do it. I just think we just need more. to wrestle. What's the chalky thing? <laughs> chalky? Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you've seen him surf, okay, you would think he is the dark version of Aki. Yeah. So that's awesome. If if you take off a couple Jeff Booth letter, actually gave couple that. letters, really? yeah, Sick. it's not just yeah chalky. It's the chocolate hockey. I like it. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. yeah, but I'm the one that came up with the concept of doing a podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he did. He I hit was like, me up. I, so I hit him up. Right. I'm like, Lar, you listen. To, we've been listening to podcasts a long time. We spent a lot of time in the a car, lot of cool California. Yeah. Up. I do I'm too. Like, yeah. I'm like, dude, we should start our own podcast, and it's the perfect fucking name. It's a time burner. Late yeah. night with Chalky. And yeah. He's like, yeah. You think people would be stoked? And I'm like, yeah, dude. People would be stoked. You're interesting. I'm interesting. We know a lot of interesting people. Yeah. And he's like, can we check, can, can we go with the happy hour, Lar? Yeah. <laughs> I rebranded re, re myself a few years I'm like, ago. Hour, Lar. I'm like, no, no, we're not gonna go happy hour, Lar. Yeah, I like that. Happy hour. <laughs> I, I, I'm it's at, a nice I'm, evolution. Yeah, I'm at like you're a family th- man. Three to three to eight, you know. Yeah. Get home by nine. Get a good night's sleep. I'm up at six. I'm good, you know. Right. No, nothing, nothing good happens after like no. eleven at night, anyways. No, dude, it's yeah. late night, especially at Huntington Beach. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna do that tonight. Mayhem around here. I Lily babysitting. <laughs> well, we hey, built-in babysitter. Um, Ross, thank you. This has been amazing. Thanks, boys. Hey, Thanks you, for having uh, me. I hope yeah. we can get uh, you guys will be eclipsing 100,000 downloads next time I see yeah. you. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Give just, get John, just get John John on a, a, an hour or two here <laughs> in the next. He'll be right yeah. over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got lots of downtime. Huh? Let's just fly over there right now. Yeah, just, it could make it happen. Hook, hook it up. No. Uh, thanks, love buddy. love what you do. Hey, yeah, boys. Thank you. Booth. Uh, good luck in the uh, the event this weekend commentating. Should be good. There's a swell yeah. coming. Yeah, yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, guys tomorrow. I'm saving the back for a couple of north side bowls before it blows out. I want to see that three turns. Dude, later. if I could see a late night lardog layback hammer we, we, commentating <laughs> through the pier, I'll blow you up. <laughs> hey, I heard you dropped my name. Somebody said I did. I, no I way. Like it was yesterday or today. Somebody says, "Hey, somebody dropped your name." I think it was Ross on the podcast. I did. Or, we were uh, going web, through like webcast, HB Heroes or whatever, and I dropped yeah. a name. Yes. Like Brett Simpson, Jay Larson. Yeah. 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 I love it. Well, hey, it's been amazing. We, we, we've uh, had a great time with you today. Good luck yeah. in uh, this week and everything you do. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, bye. Thanks, you guys. Peace out. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.